Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 60, our season six finale. It is Monday, December 4th, 2017. I am Joe Morata. This is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy doody. <laughs> Very excited here for our season six finale, yes, folks. we are. New month, and soon it'll be a new season. But before that, we've got to end this season on the proper note. A high note. A high note. And before we get into the world of retro wrestling, let's give you a few notes. We can be found on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Check us out there. You can tweet at us and all that stuff. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And the hottest place for all the retro wrestling talk, Quinn, is where? The Facebook group? Hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Over there on the Facebook group, you can talk about the retro stuff. Yes. Right? All the best of Kerry Von Erich. All the greatest of um, Mac Rivera. (laughs) It's all there. The one and only Mac Rivera. (laughs) And various other things, too. You go to Facebook.feet and you type in our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Join the group. It's free. We'll let anybody in. We do all that stuff. Have fun. How about that? Just have some fun. Take off your shoes and have some fun. Yeah. Or if you're Carrie Von Eric, take off your shoe. So <laughs> not only can you join us at our Facebook group, you can go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and you can find out about everything else we do. One of the things we want to make quick mention of is we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ovppodcast. And one of the things that just came out a couple of days ago is our live review. Yes, our live review. It's a monthly thing. Uh, it's in the $3 tier. Yep. And you can watch us live review 1982 WWF. It's fun times. A video live review. That's just right. To, just to clarify. Also, if you are a Patreon subscriber at the $2 tier, you get access to our new OVP commentaries. That's right. A commentary here, different from a live review, in that it is meant to be synced up with the WWE Network feed. Yes. And you get to hear our analysis of something that we have seen before. Yes. Whereas the live review is something that we haven't seen before in its video form. Right. And just to just to note here, this this new tier, this $2 tier, you get it if you're in the any of the above tiers, you yep. get all that. And also, it comes with a RSS feed so you can plug it into your podcatcher and the new commentaries will just spit right in there. That's right, Quinn. They'll just spit right in. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of your podcatcher, you know, one thing that we just want to quickly mention is we are me- we are hosted on soundcloud right you don't need to listen to us there you can go to various places one of which is itunes now known as apple podcasts you can leave us a five-star review there we would appreciate it Mm -hmm. but we have had a contest going on this entire season yes we have the ovp recommend a friend campaign and quinn we have a winner if you want to get the envelope there and open it up I, I don't know. That was yeah. a- excellent. That's my envelope. Quinn, you want to read the winner? And the winner is... Donnie Rizzo. <laughs> Congratulations, Donnie. <laughs> no, well, there was some speculation that Donnie stuffed the ballot box. He may have. He might have. He, he insisted he doesn't, but best we can tell, no rules were broken. No, it was official. I'll it give him credit. It was official. And, you know, ironically... 
Donnie lives a hop, skip, and a jump from us. He could have been on the show at any time. We'll have to have him in studio <laughs> yeah, for that one. Because, another. Yep, yeah, that's be, right. I, I don't know when he'll be on. Now, he, he will be now, officially. He, he will be contest. on. Yeah. He'll be on a segment of his choosing. Yeah. And, of course, the next OVT, because the he already has the current one, and there is a new one coming out eventually. Yes. Donnie gets a free one. So, <laughs> congratulations, Donnie. Yeah. Of all freaking people to win the thing, the guy that we actually know yeah. in person. That but backfired if, a little bit. <laughs> It really it? did. And a few other things real quick, folks. Just a couple of shout-outs here. want to give a uh, good old-fashioned heartfelt hello to our friends, the wrestling podcast about nothing that is Mean Mike Crockett and yeah. the Kingpin Brian Malonis. And they can be found at WPN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Great little show there. And, yes. of course, our little brother, Quinn. Oh, of course, Petey. Yeah, little Petey. Little Petey Winston. <laughs> Yo's greetings from Allentown, a very lonely one-man show where he he goes off on tangents about Lord knows. So check out those shows. Greetings from Allentown and the wrestling podcast about nothing. And of course, you can go to a teespring.com slash OVP podcast for the OVT. And in honor of our 60th episode, I just want to say thank you. We are always appreciative of every single one of our fans. Yes, it's been a pleasure doing this for 60 episodes, and yep. we'll do it for 60 more. We will. 60 more than that. We would love to, and maybe we'll, another 60 after that even. Yeah, who knows? Crazy. So we'll Just see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. This will be the last of our foundational series, Quinn. Yes, it will. All season long, since episode number 51, folks, we have been doing a foundational series for the modern era. We have taken you from the 70s up until, so far, 1998. And when we last left our heroes... The WWF had finally caught up to WCW after almost two years of playing catch-up in big, the ratings. Big finally there. Big finally. It took a while. Yeah, no shit. And they did that on the merits of people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, an on-screen character, Mr. McMahon, The Rock, Degeneration X. A lot of intriguing different things as part of their Attitude Era campaign. WWF Attitude. Now, WCW, to their credit, they stayed hot throughout 1998. They stayed competitive throughout 1998. And there was one man, Quinn, who pretty much kept them higher than they maybe should have been throughout 1998. That that would be uh, Mr. Bill Goldberg. Mr. Bill Goldberg. What did he do, Quinn? Well, he went on a bit of a streak. Yeah. That's actually all he did. He was on a streak. And, um, (laughs) you know, he wrote it high. I mean, it's probably the best, like, winning streak angle ever in professional wrestling i was i would say it has to be yes because it, it, it's just awesome he rises from like who the hell is this guy like he literally is a guy in black trunks fighting hugh morris hugh morris <laughs> and he wins like surprisingly combination slam one two three He just keeps winning, and he keeps winning. Wins the U.S. title. He keeps winning. He just keeps winning. Yep. Finally, he fights Hulk Hogan on Monday Nitro. July 6, 1998. And what could be said to be somewhat of a blunder, because WCW did it on free television. Yeah, they won the ratings war that night, I'm sure. Oh, they won by a lot. (laughs) But they could have made a lot more money had they held that out for pay-per-view. But anyway, Goldberg... 
like you said, Quinn, that's what he did. He went on a streak. He had short matches for the most part. Short yeah. matches. That's how he built his, his reputation. Yeah. And didn't lose. And it was entertaining. It, it was, was entertaining actually entertaining. Yeah. It was like, who's he going to beat next? In yeah. fact, that became his catchphrase. Who's next? Yep. Who's next? You want to know who's next, eh? And I'll tell you what. 1998, between the Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, DX, and all that crap on Raw, and Goldberg, and what was going on with the NWO, which was okay, the Wolfpack and stuff. It was stuff. still intriguing enough, the split between the NWO. Yep. I mean, that was kind of fun. And DDP. Yep. Still, you had your cruiserweights put on great matches every week. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Chris Jericho, especially. Everything was running full steam. Yes. Very well-oiled machine over at WCW. I'm not taking anything away from them mm-hmm. in their 98 and late 97. Same thing with WWF. So it was a really awesome situation where both, whatever channel you flipped to, you were seeing it was cool good. stuff. That like, was one of the best years to be a fan. Right. It really was. And meanwhile, if you got them on your uh, local channel, ECW was still really damn good in 98. Oh my goodness. They were great. And they were starting to really, an influx of actual production value. Yeah, they were getting Great there. stories. Yep. Great everything. You know, the same old ECW, but good. Right. And I really loved, especially Taz in that era. And oh my my God, that Taz. feud with Bigelow. Yes, the one where he goes through the ring or yep. whatever. They broke the boards in the ring and landed on the concrete below the ring. The Taz was like on fire. Yep. in 1998, RVD was awesome in 98. Yes, he was. It was just a real lot of fun. 98, one of the best years. It was one yeah. of the best years. We've yeah. discussed that actually. Yeah. Years in wrestling was yeah. one of our Rushmores. Yeah, 98 is up there because it was just fun all around. Yeah. So even though everyone's competing. They're all putting out great product, and I think it, it's proof that the competition mm-hmm. thing with wrestling does breed, like, good television and good, like, everything. Absolutely. However, towards the end of the year, Starcade to be exact, which was December 26, 1998, WCW had run a big main event, and to be fair, it was. This is an intriguing main event, mm-hmm. because after Goldberg has now beaten Hogan in the summer and beaten any other challengers, the Giant, he beat DDP mm-hmm. over the fall. Yeah. Goldberg's going to face Kevin Nash, who by this point was a face and the leader of the NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, the red and black. This is a guy that Goldberg had not fought yet. Yes, a guy who's bigger than him. Actually is bigger than him. Um, so they have this match, Quinn, at Starcade 1998. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> It's a disaster is what it is. Nash wins the world title. He beats Goldberg with the help of Scott Hall, dressed as a security guard with a taser. Yeah. I'm not making any of that up. And now we have world champion Kevin Nash. Now, okay, someone eventually had to beat Goldberg. Yeah. Was that the right place in time? I personally don't think so. And history might agree. Well, there's a lot to it that I don't like. First of all, I don't know why I always wanted the streak to end to like a worthy like person and a worthy victory more Correct. more importantly like kevin nash was worthy because you know he was a high level guy so very high like, level that makes sense that's fine sure okay right right but the way they did it it was like if goldberg was going to end the streak it should have been clean right like it should have been like okay somebody ended it and now bill goldberg's going on to the next chapter mm-hmm. of his career yeah instead we got this taser thing and like everyone's just pissed like <laughs> like as fans not like just like in kayfabe or whatever it sucks like it's just a stupid way to end bill goldberg's streak it was a really stupid way and not only that it leads to something else yes which makes it more putrid and stinky here is 
1999 dawns, the first big WCW move of 1999 is on January 4th. Mm -hmm. And here's what happens. Kevin Nash, the new world champion, is going to be feuding with a returning Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. Now, Hogan had fake retired right. after losing to the or after defeating the Ultimate Warrior. He Ugh. went on Leno or Letterman or whatever. And he's like, I'm retiring, brother. I'm going to run for president in 2000. Remember that? What? Big I, I don't stunt. even remember that. Yeah. Oh, it happened. I've accomplished everything I want to do in wrestling. I've had a great career and I want to come on your show tonight and officially announce my retirement. And this really helps me segue into being the next president of the United States. We're going to get back on track in the year 2000. And uh, so anyway, he comes back and Nash and, and Hogan have been at odds. Yeah. Now we're going to have a clash of the NWO guys and they're right. going to fight in the main event of Nitro that right. night. The black and white versus the red and black. That's Here right. we go. Here we go. Meanwhile, on Raw, it's pre-taped and Mick Foley. Now this is ridiculous if you had been watching WWF a year or two prior. <laughs> it was like inconceivable that this could happen. Inconceivable. And the guy whom he wins it from, too, it's pretty inconceivable if you've been yeah. watching a year or two prior. Right. Because Mick Foley, as Mankind, the goofy and lovable Mankind, right. won the world title from The Rock, who had previously been the blue chipper Rocky Maivia. Right. He would not ever lose to somebody like Mick Foley. However, there's a big problem with all of this. Stupid-ass WCW decides, why don't we spoil that because it's pre-taped? So they're taking it all the way back to, like, 1995 tactics now. Yeah. Which Eric Bischoff always defends. Like, I always gave away the result. He didn't always. Yeah, he I don't recall <laughs> this being, like, a normal thing by 1999 no, anymore. It was only in, like, 95 sometimes. Yeah. It wasn't, like, every Maybe show. Maybe a little in 96, too. Maybe. Yeah. But, of course, so, we have the infamous moment, and I would call this infamous. Yeah. Where Tony Schiavone says, you know, we've just been informed that Mick Foley wins their world title. That'll put butts in the seats. Right. We understand that Mick And then everyone changed the channel. And the reason why is because <laughs> Nash was the world champion. Yeah. He had just won the world title. If it was Goldberg and Hogan. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't have. But, <laughs> right. but instead, they're like, wait, there's a world title change on the other show. I got to go see that <laughs> yeah. right now. So like everyone like I'm pretty sure there's like some statistic out there where like literally everyone switched like 400,000 people <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something just like, wait, what the hell? And then and it was mankind of all would, people. Why would you spoil a title change? That's something people actually want to see right like you spoil when it sucks like those sid versus like some fat guy match or something yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> so if that was you know the first nail in the coffin this might have been the final wcw has kevin nash and hogan get in the ring have this big confrontation and then what happens quinn it turns out that the uh kevin nash and the hulk hogan <laughs> they were working together all along yes so what happens is hulk finger pokes Kevin Nash and he falls over like he died or something yes. and then Hulk Hogan covers him they all laugh together and celebrate and this whole like this whole thing that everyone actually was kind of enjoying where the two NWOs fought was actually just this big ruse yes. it was like stupid So even if you want to take it to its most logical mentality here, 
maybe, you know, Hogan and Nash were working together so Hogan could get his belt back that he lost to Goldberg, right? Right. But the problem is, by January of 99, WCW couldn't afford to take that kind of risk. Right. If they had done this in 97, people would be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, seriously, they would have. <laughs> right. And but- not only that, they did it on the same night that Mick Foley right. wins the world title. Just they, not- and they knew he won the world title that night. They said it on the show. Just poorly executed. It's like, here's a real world title change over on USA Network. Yeah. Meanwhile, here's a double middle finger to you guys watching yeah. our show. Here's a bullshit very very healy, like yeah. nobody goes home happy. Right. Title change. Meanwhile, the happiest celebration ever yeah. with mankind winning. Yeah. The unfathomable, like the hero, he beat the evil rock with the help of Steve Austin. People are crying at <laughs> right. home. They're like, DX this is the so great. Happy. They, and then they flip back and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Like, it just like soured everyone's night. And they were, and no exaggeration, this is one of the things that people mark and say like, this is what started to turn the tide. Like WCW really went down the toilet after this. And I'll tell you what, I was a big WCW watcher throughout 98. By 99, it started to get worse and worse. They really went downhill. So here's a few things that happened in 1999. Basically on WCW's end, they started to go down because now you had the Hogan led NWO elite. Yeah. And then there was this NWO B team that we've talked about. Ray and all that crap. (laughs) Brian Adams. Yeah. And that really sucked. Uh huh. And they started to really become apparent that they were not going to push a lot of these younger mid-card guys above that level. Well, up until a certain point, but yes. Yes, above their certain level. Right, so and then people started leaving, too. Guys like Perry Saturn and Chris Jericho started to get very disgruntled. Yeah, they see the writing on the wall. Correct. Yeah. But in WWF land, The Rock became a big... If he was a star in 98, he broke out in 99. Yeah, and I just want to highlight how opposite this is from WCW, because The Rock is a young, fresh talent. Somebody who, you know, started off poorly and came up and people just liked organically. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's the opposite of everything WCW's doing. It's just, like, the fans, like, wanted this guy. He doesn't have creative control. He's not... He doesn't have a streak. He isn't some random creation by, Mm -hmm. like, the the company. Yep. He's just this thing that kind of just got popular. Yep. And that was kind of... That encapsulates how WWF was in 99. And I have said many times... Quality-wise, especially wrestling quality and storyline even, WWF sucked in 99. Yes. It really doesn't make sense, a lot of this stuff. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! The corporate ministry, beaver cleavage, like a lot of the crap that Vince Russo and company tried. It's a lot of that. It's not good. Yeah, it's a lot of that, like, shock TV stuff. The stuff they were trying and doing successfully the year prior, it's a lot of strange deviations. Yeah. yeah. Like, but WCW is overall just kind of flat and boring at the same time. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to watch WWF. Right. When everyone is over, like Al Snow. Yeah. People care about Al Snow. People care about like GTV. What's that? People care about BB, the the, the nurse or whatever. The Godfather. The Godfather. Guys like Like, that. Like, I'm naming like really weird people on purpose because that's kind of the point that's what wwf was in 99 everything was over for the most part you know it was all about catchphrases and audience interaction and titillation and shock value oh sweet jesus what's he gonna beat us what's wrong oh they did to me that's what they call sammy baby
The wrestling took a back seat, but that's 99 for you. And for the first 10 months, that was Russo and Ferrara. But then they decide, let's jump over to WCW and make WCW like the WWF. Right. Did that work? No. <laughs> it was awful. There's so many reasons. Like, it just gets so out of hand. Just for an example, like, Russo goes over there and mm-hmm. it's like, you know who the best guy is here? It's Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That was a yeah. Russo thing was to push Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Which he broke 6,000 guitars. Never, never drew, drew a dime. dime. He broke 6,000 guitars. Never drew a dime. But in the WWF, you know who they decided to push? And I agree with this. Triple H. Yeah. I Why mean, not push the guy? For, yeah, I guess Jeff Jarrett and Triple H in an odd way are like kind of the, the same sort of thing. They were mid-card stalwarts yeah. that are not as good as they portray themselves to be. <laughs> or the company portray them <laughs> yeah. to be either. But, you know, this was an interesting period of time, 1999, because by the end of the year, Austin took time off. But uh, quick programming note, ECW was now also on TNN. Right. Yes. And that was a big deal. Yeah. Even though it didn't work out, but it was a big deal for mm-hmm. them to actually get on cable television, Quinn. Yes, the ECW on TNN, I remember watching the first episode. It was like, oh my God, you can finally watch ECW. You don't have to stay up till like four in the morning <laughs> and like hope that it's on, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's like, it's at this time on this channel and you can watch it and it's awesome. It was really cool for the first couple months. I remember being a big fan of the early ECW on TNN and watching that RVD Jerry Lynn series. It was so good. So fun. And again, it, it, was somehow better than WCW at that point. That was the thing. Is WCW, as the summer of 99 wound down, yeah. now had like Sid again, Ugh. and the West Texas Rednecks, now, now they weren't bad, they were fun, Yeah, but that's just indicative of the era, you know? And yeah. then once Russo came aboard, and everything became WWF Junior, WCW was very hard to watch, but apparently it was even harder to work in. Yes. Because... Four very prominent guys left in January of 2000 to start off the new year. Those guys we said saw the writing on the wall. Yes. And before we get to those four gentlemen, as a quick recap of what WWF had started doing by January of 2000, we had an excellent feud of Triple H world champion Mm -hmm. versus Mick Foley. Yes. And this was based on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon taking over the company right? because Vince had left after Armageddon and Mick Foley, who was on his way out, a broken, battered man, mm-hmm. and Triple H just beating him up and making fun of him at every turn. It was disgusting. It was like, disgusting. I, hate, I hated it as a fan. I was like, get out of here, Triple H. Like, who are <laughs> you compared to like Mick Foley, like, who we gloriously saw like earn this on it's, Raw and everything? It pulled at all the right emotions, and I'll never forget when Mick Foley, or maybe he was being mankind, took off his shirt to reveal the Cactus Jack shirt. Oh my god, it was was so good! And Triple H sold it like it was the worst thing he had ever seen. I think you know the guy! And this is what 
put Triple H over as like a legitimate. This is not, his legacy. Not some weird thing. The problem with that, <laughs> as we always say, is that that's the only thing Triple <laughs> D- H did that was like amazing. Yeah, it pretty much is. I mean, yeah. it's one of the few things he did that was really awesome. He had a great 2000. We'll get to it. But the four gentlemen that jumped over from WCW to WWF in 2000 are great talents all in their own right. You had the cruiserweight Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You had Perry Saturn, an underrated wrestler. He was he awesome. Was excellent in, in WCW. Yep. And, and, ECW, and ECW. But before really, that. WCW highlighted him a lot. Like, I, I think that hurt a lot because Perry Saturn was a big part of their mid card. I, I always felt he was. He had a great feud with Chris Jericho. Yeah. And great stuff going on. And then uh, Eddie Guerrero, who was an up and coming talent still, believe it or not. Yep, he was well recognized, but he hadn't even reached his full potential yet. Another guy that um, very loudly on TV pronounced that he was leaving. If you mm-hmm. recall, he threw coffee on himself. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I'm throwing coffee on myself. As far as I'm concerned, Eric Bischoff, you can take this job and shove it up your you-know-what. And then if that wasn't enough, believe it or not, Chris B- Yep, Chris Voldemort. That's right. Yep. Chris B- had uh, won the world title and then lost it like right after or something or it was like stripped of him. Yeah. And he came over to WWF and these four gentlemen were known as the Radicals. And that to me in January of 2000 was a big sign like, oh shit, WWF is really going to be kicking their ass now. Yeah, and the the other big um, departure was Chris Jericho. Yep, from a few months earlier over the summer. Jericho who was a huge name in WCW. Like, he he got himself into a point of being a huge yeah, name. This is a guy, like I've always said, was like the funniest thing on yeah. WCW. And you put it very well there. You said that Chris Jericho put himself over. He did. He and, worked himself into that position. Right. And that was one of the, again, the rare WCW guys. Because a lot of with WCW, it was like management, like pushing old men all the time, right? Yeah. Jericho was entertaining and got himself over. I've acquired masks. I've acquired Mahi Mahis. I've acquired the knee of Rey Mysterio Jr., which I feel very, very bad about. By the time he left, he was like one of the hottest things in WCW. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in WCW land in 2000, Russo had been fired by January already yeah. or, or told to, to leave for a while. Yeah. In January of 2000, Kevin Sullivan picks up the pieces as he always did. Yep. Anytime <laughs> there's a problem in WCW, who do we put it, put all the blame on Kevin Sullivan and have him fix it? <laughs> so Russo comes back in the in the spring in April with Bischoff mm-hmm. to kick off one of the worst periods for WCW. <laughs> and people thought, like, to be fair, yep. this seemed like a good idea at the time. You got Bischoff to kind of keep Russo under control. Yeah, it was awful. Like, it, we thought there'd be a balance because Bischoff was successful. Yeah. Russo was successful with to a Vince point. to a point. So it's like, okay, we combine them together, but no. The New Blood versus Millionaire's Club feud, which we've mentioned. Yes. Stinks. It sucks ass. This is where it starts to really like, okay, now we're now we're losing it here. It, all I remember from this era is just too much Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Too much Scott Steiner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just and I also, awful. Rem- I also remember it starting to veer into, um, now we really don't know what to do, so let's have Ric Flair yes. talk forever. And like, you know, God bless Ric Flair because sure. he... Really, tr- you could tell he tried hard, like to make this seem like entertaining and watchable. But this is the era with Tank Abbott. I'm not some candy ass wrestler. I'm a shoot fighter. Yeah. This is the era where everything is supposed to be a, a shoot, even though yeah. it's not. You're supposed to go to break. What, what is that? Here? 
This is the era with Mark fucking Madden. Oh, you know <laughs> that era. Yeah, <laughs> and now logo. you're really starting to see the writing on the wall. This doesn't deserve to exist anymore. Right? Like, no, you're absolutely right. Because uh, meanwhile, in WWF, this is in, in a lot of ways one of their creative peaks. Now, I love 1998, and 99 is a dog fart in terms of, like, rewatchability. 2000 was so engrossing, though, because not only do you have the Radicals, not only do you have Chris Jericho, Triple H, The Rock, you have Kurt Angle, you have the Hardy Boys, Yes, Edge Edge. and Christian, the Dudleys, the Dudleys! This is that Chris Kresge era that I fondly remember that lasted until the fall of 2000, where things made sense. They were storyboarded. There was continuity. Yeah, I mean, this is a time period where they could get Rakishi over. I love that. Yeah, remember that whole match with Triple H yes. on like Smack. This is an era where they had SmackDown, and it was good. Yes, as opposed to Thunder, which sucked balls. And now, if <laughs> you're absolutely right, and now if 1998 was exciting because it was like a resurgence, yeah, and 99 was just like the after party, you know, yeah. everything's fun. What 2000 did was really cool because with all that talent we just mentioned, mm-hmm. wrestling matches mattered again right having a good match also mattered not just a good catchphrase i remember wds pay-per-views in this time oh would always gosh. have great main events great. like 30 minute classics you got the rock triple h iron man match yeah. you know shit like that just like we matches. said earlier foley versus triple h at the royal rumble was one of the best matches i've seen like i always rank it up there as one of my favorite matches absolutely and it's a triple h match damn right so at the end of the year at the end of 2000, Austin is coming back. ECW, though, also is on its way out. Now, then. this is a big problem for ECW by the end of this. They're starting to see some cracks, like business is going to slow down, obviously. Sure. And ECW is losing its talent. It's starting to lose Taz. And RVD is kind of the only person carrying the company. I really think the Dudleys and Taz leaving were what took a lot of the, the fire out of ECW. And unfortunately, they were kind of a consequence of all this not only that paul Heyman, the owner of ecw was being handcuffed by tnn because tnn wanted a wwf like show right and wwf had procured a deal with tnn in september of 2000 wwf on tnn so I think once TNN got their hands on the real deal, they could give a shit about ECW. And I think it's bullshit, and I'll tell you why. The whole selling point of ECW was that it was grungy yeah. and like dirty and like that was the coolest part about it. And Correct. like anything could happen, right? Absolutely. But everybody who ever wanted to do business with them who was a big player, like pay-per-view, like on demand or whatever sure. it was, right? Mm-hmm. Like TNN. Yeah. Everyone wanted to clean up ECW. Correct. I don't get it. Nobody could grasp the concept that ECW was great because it was what it was. You're absolutely right, Quinn. And I just want to, like, that's like kind of the, the farewell of ECW. They did try hard. Paul Heyman was a great creative mind, not a good business manager. Yeah. And yeah. that is ultimately another reason that they were done in. We'll get to the their closure very soon. But by the end of 2000, Steve Austin, who had been gone all of the year, yeah. he comes back and he's healthy again. Right. It's awesome because his neck had been jacked since 97 yeah and even his 1998 and 99 style was a result of not wanting to hurt his neck further right but he could wrestle again by late 2000 and that becomes important for Mm -hmm. a big main event in 2001 so as 2001 starts the wwf is building towards wrestlemania 17 a well-regarded revered well-remembered wrestlemania but wcw is on its last legs they have 
new pay-per-view names like Sin and Greed. Yes, and apropos. That's very <laughs> apropos. And guess what? That's all, folks, because on March 23rd, 2001, Vince McMahon buys this competition. And one of the most shocking, I, and I cannot say enough how shocking it was, if you did not read the dirt sheets, which a lot of people still did not back then. Correct. Match. The week before a Nitro... They're talking about, oh, we don't know if the company's going to exist, right? Mm-hmm. That's all we were left with. We didn't know anything else. Right. The next week, we come back, and the show opens with Vince McMahon on it. And you're like, what the? Like, it was so strange. That simulcast on March 26, 2001 was something that I could not have foreseen three years earlier. It was inc- I couldn't have foreseen it two weeks earlier. <laughs> like, what do you mean three years earlier? Now, it had been known that WCW was having some financial peril as late 2000, even Eric Bischoff had made a bid or tried to yes. uh, buy the company with Fusion Enterprises or right. whatever the there's, crap. There's a phone call on the episode before where Bischoff addresses the crowd by via phone mm-hmm. and says, you know, I'm attempting to buy the company. Just, you know, we're, we're going to try to keep WCW going and the fans are kind of like yay like they're hoping like <laughs> WCW keeps going and but no you know you, you turn the show on next week and Vince McMahon's like I bought it but you know what's even crazier a couple of weeks before that Jerry the King Lawler had left he had walked oh, yeah, out yeah. and who are we greeted with and I'll never forget watching this Raw yes I'm with Paul Hyman <laughs> yeah what the hell I'm Jim Ross and they already know who you are so tell them who I am now I'm joined by Paul Heyman. I'm joined by Paul Heyman because last Tuesday night, the cat was released by the WWF and her husband, Jerry the King Lawler, to his credit, walked out right alongside with her. Like, let's put this into perspective here. ECW still was existing. At mm-hmm. this point, they were not officially out of business. There were still some shows going they were on. They technically still open, yes. But Paul's on WWF. Very you're weird. like, what the what the hell is happening here? I know. And WCW's going through all this, and all of a sudden, the whole wrestling world, as we knew it, was turned upside down. March 2001, a lot of things changed. But we still have a pay-per-view here, and that would be WrestleMania 17, April 1st, 2001. Now, we don't have the time to go into why this is such a fantastic pay-per-view. Yeah. But in short, and I'll let Quinn speak on this, <laughs> it encapsulates and sums up and is just indicative of what the Attitude Era was, and it's a fitting end. It's a love letter to anybody who ever watched the Attitude Era and loved it. There was a great TLC match, mm-hmm. which had something that had been developing over the years. And finally, there's this great, great main event. One of the best WrestleMania main events I have ever seen, Joe. Sure. The Rock versus Steve Austin 2. It's fantastic. It's a match where they go all out. They do one million finishers. There's it's callbacks like, to other matches. There's callbacks to the Ringmaster. Yes, there is. There's the Rocks doing the Stone Cold Stunner. And finally, it all ends mm-hmm. with Vince McMahon coming in the ring. And you're like, what the hell? Because he has no alignment to either of these people. Correct. They're both faces. They're both faces, yep. And it turns out that he is working with Stone Cold. Yep. And that was the whole feud for all these years, for this entire thing. It's a feud that put him back on the map. And now Austin has flipped sides, and that feels like a dead stop end of the Attitude Era. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) That's the problem. Yeah. As great as event that was, 
what they did is they took something that worked, which was Steve Austin's character. Yeah. They tried to turn him heel. The crowd said, no, we don't want him to be a heel. They're like, yeah, you do. Then they're like, you know what? We have WCW now. Let's make them look like shit all year. And we also have ECW now. Let's make them look like shit all year. Yeah, let, let's go into the final thing here as far as the purchases are Correct. concerned. So the WWF purchases WCW and its tape library, more importantly. In March of 2001. They purchase ECW, pay off all Paul's debts. Yes. And now Paul works for them. A lot of ECW guys start to come in as well. They have a horrible invasion angle that ends at Survivor Series of 01. Right. The invasion, I mean, we've covered before. It It sucked. It it sucked. It really did suck the life out of the company. And you got to bear in mind now, folks, there's no channel to switch over to. Right. Yeah, no shit. It just became Vince McMahon, like, I beat my competition, screw them, they all suck. Yep. So they limp along into 2002, and then in the summer, we have the brand split. Yes. This is where we split up Raw and SmackDown into two different brands. This is where that word started getting used. It's an attempt to simulate Raw versus Nitro. Yeah, but the difference is, is no one gave a fuck because they knew that Vince owned both shows. (laughs) They knew that. And also, what competition is this when they're on a different night? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) What this? It doesn't mean anything. And it just leads to like convoluted crap. Like two world titles, two tag team titles. Let's water everything down. Two mid-card titles. None of these belts mean anything anymore because they're two of them. And they did this brand split shit for 10 years. Then they didn't do it for a while. Then they did it again and they're still doing it. And the bottom line is, you're right, Quinn. It, they're not a competition because they're not on the same night. <laughs> what are they compared? Who cares? <laughs> like, Gorilla, just get them in here because this is bullshit. You know this what, brand Quinn? split thing. You're right. What do you think of the brand split, Gorilla? Who cares? Exactly. Right. But a couple of good things in 2002 before we wrap up here. We had a couple of big names debut in 02. We yeah. had Brock Lesnar. Yes. Made a splash in 2002. Brock Lesnar. I don't know. And he had about a two-year run before going to not play football, even though he said he would or the did Vikings he play? or yeah. something. I... Gives a shit. Yeah. And then we had a uh, young Randall Orton. Yes, young Randall. <laughs> Randy Orton. Well, this is Randy Orton's debut. I'm gonna wish the kid luck. He's still a, a big name today, believe it or not. Yeah. Somehow, I think he's a decent performer. He's okay. Yeah. And then John Cena. Yes. Who in the hell are you? I'm John Cena. I think it's cool that we've come full circle now, yes. right? We, we've we hit John Cena, Joe. We've hit John Cena. A few other quick things before we wrap up here is that I forgot to mention, in 99, but it becomes more prominent as the years go on, WWF became a publicly traded company. Yes, and this changes everything yeah, that's with crazy. the way the company is run. That's crazy. Because now a, f- a mom-and-pop business, essentially... I mean, I know it's big, but it's still like a one guy owns it. Yeah. And he still does. He still owns 51%. But now this guy has to answer to shareholders, right? Correct. And like, you can't have no blood and you right. can't do weird, like crazy shit, like Sable taking her shirt off and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, And especially with it, 2008 when they officially become TVPG. Yeah. With, because of Linda's campaign for oh, the Senate or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of things started to get watered down and people have their own opinions. The bottom line is between 2002 to now, we had a slow build to what the WWF is, which is essentially its own entity. They're yeah. not professional wrestling. Don't even yeah. dare call them that. But they're also not like standard entertainment. They're just their own. They're their own thing. thing. They used to be a part of a much bigger niche or genre called professional wrestling. Right. They were, you know, on par with guys like 
NWA and all these territories. Yeah. Even in the WCW yes. versus WWF Correct. era. Yeah. But now, ever since going public, ever since squashing all of their actual, you know, head to head competition. Right. Vince now views himself and right or wrong, whatever. I'll leave it to him. He runs the company. I don't. As an entertainment company that puts out merchandise, that puts out, you know, streaming services, social media presence. It's a brand now. It is no longer professional wrestling. It's WWE. And that's how we got here from a guy that was an apprentice of his dad. Right. And looking at these sweaty, hairy wrestlers pretending to fake fight. Mm-hmm. Now he owns whatever you think of it. And some people don't like it. And that is quite all right with me if you don't like it. Yeah. Now he owns something that used to just be pro wrestling. What he honestly owns, no matter what he says, he owns the legacy <laughs> and the landscape and everything that goes with it that's left of professional wrestling. And just a brief look at the landscape after all the dust settles is you have WWE and you have everyone else and everyone else is TNA yep. ring of honor yep. indies that have no chance yep. to ever compete TNA tried and over on the other side of the yeah. continent you have new Japan pro wrestling right but what is the t- last two words of their promotions name pro wrestling Vince doesn't even care yeah he, and uh, to the extent that he does he'll throw NXT out there for the pro wrestling fans yeah and if if you want to take it all the way right up till now I think the final frontier for Vince in like actual domination is literally world domination. We're to the point where the product is expanding to different countries. Right. From where we started, that's kind of crazy. Allentown. Yeah. We started in Allentown and now we're out in India. Yeah. We're in different parts of the we're world. We're even trying in Japan. We're trying in China. Why not? Yeah. So that is a history of how we got from hairy men pretending to fight to less hairy men pretending to fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. You used to watch it on your local television channel. Now you watch it on the internet. Call it what you want. It is still people pretending to fight. I still love it. It's still wrestling to me. It's still wrestling to me. And folks, we hope it's still wrestling to you. Thank you for sticking with us for all 10 episodes of the foundational series for the modern era. We'll be back right after this. Many of you may know that for the past six months I've been working with a group of people whose goal it was and is to acquire world championship wrestling and to grow it once again to become a competitive, dominant wrestling organization worldwide. But recently we've hit a couple roadblocks that may be, in fact, brick walls. And while it is still in my power, I want to do something befitting what could be very well the last night of wrestling on the Turner Networks. Imagine that. Me, Vince McMahon. Here I am on WCW television. How can that happen? Well, there's only one way. You see, it was just a matter of time before I, Vince McMahon, bought my competition. That's right. I own WCW. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We are glad to be with you for episode number 60, our season six finale here on Monday, December 4th, 2017. We're winding up the year and winding up season six. Michael Quinn 
It is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have and will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst will go down into the desert of Death Valley. This is a um, consensus by committee this yes. week for our finale to determine this week's topic. It's a big one, actually, and it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WCW Wrestlers. Yes. We did the WWF wrestlers uh, for our season five finale, episode number 50. This is the WCW equivalent. And Quinn and I have decided, folks, to define WCW as from the Turner purchase onwards. That will be 88 onward. Right. So the November of 88 to be exact, okay. but that, yep. that yep. time period. Yep. So Harley Race NWA champion would not count. So Quinn, I introduced you. Drop the deuce. Well, I would have to start with Stick. Sting, okay, good pick. Mr. WCW himself. What do they say in his music? The man called Sting or He's something? The man <laughs> called Sting. Yeah, Sting. Sting is is WCW, yes. Yeah, I, I, I won't even argue. A, I think it was only apropos that during the Hogan feud, he mm-hmm. represented WCW. He's the guy that just was the best wrestler WCW had. Well. I, I mean, like, in overall, like, the whole thing from WCW till it died, which we just talked about. He was emblematic, yes, of WCW. Absolutely. Right. He wasn't the best wrestler, would you say? Ma- well, okay, I'll give you that. Maybe not the best wrestler, but the best character. Yeah, and he was a fan favorite. Right. Meaning- Every- nobody n- didn't like Sting. Everyone liked Sting. He was a hard worker. Yeah. He was exciting. He was charismatic. He'd he was- be on the Saturday nights to yep. the Nitros to the pay-per-views. Yep. He'd be on everything. He's a great pick for number one. It's I can't argue that he will have a spot, but I want to throw another one at you. Sure, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Because of course, that's the o- that's the only other one. Like as far as the two biggies. Yep. Now I know his eighty eight to ninety one run wasn't as big, maybe as his you know previous stuff, but. Mixed into that is the Steamboat feud from 89. Mixed into that is the Terry Funk feud. Also from 89, yep. And then when he comes back in 93, he gives the company a much-needed shot of adrenaline. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was what brought them back after a really bizarre two years <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yep. A, a year and a half or whatever when he was gone. It's one of Yeah, it's one of the things that shows how important he was, is that without Ric Flair, WCW felt weird. Yeah, I, he was there till the end. Um, he had so a lot of good matches too. Um, sure, you know throughout the run. I know sat, mat, matches with Randy Savage. Yeah, he had some good stuff with Savage. He had a great match against Vader at Starcade '93 where he won the title. Yeah, he even did weird stuff like he put over Young Town. Like I know he had a good match with Eddie Guerrero. Yes, he did, and he also had a great match with Hogan at Bash of the Beach '94. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that match. No, there's it's nothing wrong with it. Really good. Yeah, Flair was the ultimate team player with WCW in a lot of ways. Even though he looks back at it now, like he, he was it. used. He was used. Yeah, he business. That was the thing with Ric Flair in WCW is that they were just using his fame to like keep them alive a well, lot of the time. Yeah, like you mentioned it even in 2000, they would just send him out there with no script, no notes, no nothing, just right. you know, say shit for 10 minutes, Rick. Yeah, and also speaking of that, I can't deny that Ric Flair kept it interesting just with his promo work. Like, I used to love the times on Nitro where they would just bring out Ric Flair just to say some funny-ass shit to Mean Gene. And sure. it was like, it was great. Like, oh, I know. it didn't matter what it was. And, and I loved that it escalated to the whole coat, like, ripping his clothes. It was sure. just so fun and just goofy. Hey, he just rifled a Gucci shoe. <laughs> what is going on? 
No, he was great. Yeah. So for me, I could put either on first. Do you have a preference as to who goes on first, Flair or Sting? I think they no, both I should. Think they both are just there, and that's an easy double. two spots right there. Okay, so a double induction for the sake of it, because he's the elder statesman, let's just put Flair on first. Okay, technically. Rick yeah. Flair, number one, Sting, number two. <laughs> Gotta play that sound effect twice. It's Everyone the rules. has to have their thing. <laughs> All right, so we got Ric Flair and we've got Sting. Quinn, do you want to throw another one at me? I think this one, it's going to be controversial. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you'll like it, but mm-hmm. I think that Booker T was really a consummate WCW guy. Uh, tell me why. Because, like a guy like Brett or Sean, he started out in a tag team, right? Yes. And. That tag team, you know, started out okay, and then it got really good. Harlem Heat was very good for a while, yes. And it it almost parallels Booker's career. It's just an upward trajectory, right? He starts in an okay team. The team gets better and better and better till they're like the the tag team of WCW. Okay, fair. Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat. Then he breaks off as a single, and he is like unbelievable in the ring from that point forward. That's where like, he really blossomed as a wrestler as a single. He yeah. has that great best of five series best or whatever. Of seven. Best of seven. With Chris Voldemort. Chris Voldemort, yeah. And that was for the right to face Finley for the TV right. title. Right, it wasn't even for the TV <laughs> no, title. That's the best part of and it. And Booker T also helped elevate the TV title in that he era. He was He's one of the guys that I always say, like, this is why I like the TV title in general. Right. He's also worked his way all the way up to the world title scene. Right. So by the end of WCW, he was the world champion he was the best they had Mm -hmm. and i think that just says a lot about booker t from beginning to end it was just an upward trajectory and i just associate him as one of the best wcw wrestlers period i can't argue that you built a very good case for him but i have to give you a name sure hulk hogan right the reason i didn't say hulk hogan immediately is Mm -hmm. because hulk to me built his name in the wwf he definitely did there's no i mean wcw only wanted them because of the name he had built. Right. So there's no doubt about that. Right. But he was pivotal to their success. You know what? Fuck it. Because he sucked in WCW. Well, his wrestling wasn't good. For the first two years anyway. Yeah. But the NWO thing is like... That's the thing. That's the, that's where you get there, caught Quinn. up. Though. He's up there. The NWO is central to the latter half of WCW. Yeah. It's the thing that put them on top. It's tough. I, I think yeah. he has to make it. Well... He was more important to the company than Booker T, don't you think? That's true. Doesn't but, make him better. But we're talking wrestlers here, too. We are, yeah. It doesn't yeah. make him better. It doesn't make him better. We also are, We're not strictly work rate. This is all all encapsulating. You're just yeah. wrestler. And folks, by the way, at any time, you can let us know your vantage point and let us know your Rushmore and Death Valley. Do that by tweeting us at OVP Podcast. You can email us or do what all the cool kids are doing and yeah. post it on Facebook. You can argue with us. We don't. I don't argue back with anybody except Quinn, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so you're free to say whatever you want and give right. your opinion. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Hogan, let, let's just table him for a minute, only okay, because fine. I just, I don't want to, like, say, oh, well, Hulk Hogan, because Hulk Hogan. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so easy think, to say Hulk Hogan when we could explore some possibilities in WCW. I have one for you. Sure. Arn Anderson. Yes. Arn Anderson, a very... A stalwart. Stalwart of WCW. They say adversity introduces a man to himself. Well, standing right here... I know who I am. Arn. No doubt about it. From night, and then we're talking WCW era, right? So that's 88. Mm -hmm. Well, he was, okay, to be fair, he was actually over in WWF, but he came back in 90 Mm -hmm. to the WWF. From 90 until 97, when he retired, 
Yeah. Arn Anderson was the like mid card, solid, dependable, good interview, good wrestler, good everything, good yeah. TV champion. Yeah, whatever you needed them to be. Not Arn a world Anderson, champ, not a world champ, but you no. know he didn't need to be. Arn Anderson was respected, solid, dependable. I got another guy kind of like him, not in a wrestling sense, not that way, but I think dependable as far as popularity. Who's that? Lex Luger. Yeah, I mean it's it's well known amongst us anyway, in our yeah. opinion, that when he was. In WCW, he was great. Anytime he was in WCW, yeah. he was good. I know the latter half of his career, like when he started to fade away, like, Feuded you know with what? Stasiak. Yeah, <laughs> like, but th- there's a reason they were doing that is because Lex Luger was always dependable as far as fan interest and yeah. like people cared about Lex Luger. He was fun. Yeah. He was, a, he was a good time in WCW, whether he was a heel or a face. I love personally guilty pleasure his late 95 mid 96 run where he's a heel but yeah. he's also friends with sting right he was kind of versatile in that he way was. it's like he could be hateable and lovable mm-hmm. and i still think his peak was when he defeated hogan on nitro that's when you yeah. like saw the power of like Ugh. man luger was they they did a good job with luger to the point where like you cared when he beat hulk hogan i was so excited yeah. i think it was august of 1997 <laughs> it was arguably more exciting than when sting beat it was him. Yeah. because they did it first with luger yeah yeah. And it worked. I mean, yeah. no doubt about it. That worked. Right. It made sense. It popped me for yeah. sure. But is Luger, to the grand scheme of things, is he better than Arn Anderson? That's debatable. I think Arn Anderson overall is better. Mm. And I'm, I'm, again, for you have to forget anything before eighty eight with Arn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. WCW era. WCW era. Arn is really good. I can't like right? you know, you know who's a good comparison to him? I'm looking him on the O V tree over here. Sure. He's like kind of like how Ted DiBiase was to the yes. WWF. You know what I mean? Yes. Now we didn't put DiBiase on our WWF wrestlers, but this is a different landscape here. Yeah. Arn was a hell of a talker. Yeah. Hell of a wrestler. Right. Good TV champion, just dependable as a tag or a single. Yeah. Always fun to watch. Yeah. I think he's better than Luger. I do. I don't um, know if he's better than Booker, though. This is, okay, I got I got one for you. That while not very long in WCW, he made a very big impact. Who's that? Ravishing Rick Root. Yeah, another guy that's better in WCW than he was in WWF. Yeah, in this, Luger. This guy made it to the the peak. He did in WCW. the summit, the summit, if you will. And he, I, he had a great run. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three, three or four years. Sure. Yeah, um, he would have had longer. He got injured. Which, in the scope of WCW, that's a long ass time it because it only existed for like twelve years or something. Is he better than Vader though? Vader. Oh my goodness, Vader. I think Vader. I want to put Vader on. Oh, my God. Yeah, Vader is good. Now, he was on and off for a little bit. Like, he would do his Japan shit. At the beginning. In 90. Yeah. And then he became, like, full-time around 91, 92 or so. Yeah. It was more WCW. 93 is when he got the big push. He was there until 95. Now, they fucked around with his Hogan feud in 95. Well, but- it's Hulk Hogan ruined everything yeah. about Vader in WCW. But that's not Vader's fault. But, hell, he was a dominant champion in 93. Mm-hmm. He feuded with Cactus Jack. He feuded with Stan. Yeah. He feuded with Ron Simmons. He was believable. That was what was the best part about Vader. And we love his big man series with Ray Trailer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. We're putting Vader on because Vader just could make anyone look awesome. That was a thing. He was a big man that wasn't afraid to sell. Yeah. Which I love about him. Right. He would sell offense from people. He would sell offense like he was also really getting punched in the face. Yes. Like, because, like, if. 
any of these professional wrestlers <laughs> punch you in the face, it should hurt. Like, Correct. I don't care if they're smaller. These guys are like 250 pounds and yeah. like full of muscle. I don't want my baby to punch me in the eye. It right. still hurts. Yeah, I got to put Vader on, man. I'll put Vader on for number three. Vader, to me, is another guy that was better in WCW. WWF fucked him up. Yeah. They could have done so much more with Vader. Yeah. Vader is good. I put Vader in. Above Arn, though. It's the only thing. Yeah, I would. Okay. Because I don't know if Hulk Hogan's making it right now. Okay. I'm just going to say it right here. I'll turn a key with you for number three, Vader. Yeah. And we're still considering Hogan. Here's some things about Hulk Hogan I need to I need to address here with WCW. Go ahead, Michael. While you can say, yes, he gave him a shot in the arm and the NWO and he all did. this stuff. His politics, his creative control, his nonsense near the end of WCW is part of partially... The reason they went out of business in the first place. Okay. The pattern that was set because of his contract. Okay, yep. Ultimately was kind of their demise, if you really think about it. While it seemed great, mm. you know, while it was peaking and wonderful and everything. Sure, it's wonderful. It kind of is what hurt them the most. Okay, that's tough to argue, Quinn. Do you think that maybe he was about 50-50 or 60-40 good in terms yeah, of I, what he contributed? I'm going to say I'm. I think it's just an equal 50-50. Okay, that's because fair. What he what he achieved was tremendous, but what he the culture and the politics that he seeped in mm-hmm. ultimately hurt them to the point of their demise. I never thought of it that way. So you would say that Arn and Booker, yeah, and maybe even Luger are better in WCW than Hogan, right? Because I'm thinking team players here, especially oh. with WCW, yeah. Like, if if that's the way we're looking, I mean, obviously Hogan's more important, but this isn't all about importance. Right, and Hulk was important to WWF in a different way and in a more impactful way and a less negative way overall. Yeah. You know? Well, Arn is up there for me still. I mean it. Arn yeah. Anderson. Arn Anderson. Like, there's other guys that were really good. What about DDP? Yeah, I was just going to say DDP or Goldberg, but... We're talking the complete package, not the total package. That would be Lex yeah. Luger. The complete package here? Yeah. And Hogan's WCW run was 94 yeah. to 2000, right? Right. 94, 95, and before NWO Hogan, throw it out. It sucks. Yeah. Like, and also that Hogan by 99 is garbage. Sucks. After losing to Goldberg, he should have been gone. Yeah. I mean, I know you have to consider, like, buy rates and contracts and money, but, like, really, from a creative standpoint, get the hell rid of them after 98. Yeah, but if you think about it, they would have been making more money had Hulk Hogan <laughs> not been paid zillions of yeah. dollars. Like, oh, the buy rates are better, but, like, then you gotta pay Hulk Hogan. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, mm, I really think Arn is the complete best in every aspect okay. of the contenders. Like, Booker's really good, don't get me wrong. He can't talk the way Arn could. Yeah. And he's a good, he's a better, well, he's not even a better, Arn's a better wrestler, I think, yeah. than Booker T. Don't you think? It's a different style, I think. It's a completely different style. You Booker love T, Booker. Because Booker T is he's a good. more, he's, he's a more modern style. It's 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 more like, you know, the, the kick and, the, you know, the yeah, striking the moves and like, you know, he jumps off the top rope and stuff. Right. Arn Anderson didn't do that. He was a technical wrestler. Yep. Gritty. Yeah. Can we agree at least that Arn and Booker are both beating out Luger? Yes. Okay. Beating out Luger. So we've got Arn and we've got Booker. Is there anyone else? We're really eliminating Hogan, right? Yes. Because, I mean, as a worker, it's not like he was good in WCW. Yeah. We have to consider that. So that's off. You never good match, really. The only really. thing he did really was just give them name value. And while that's important, if we're talking the total package here, 
Luger? We're not talking Luger. <laughs> but if we're talking the total stuff here, you know. And, and Arn Anderson, a Booker T is yeah. the type we're going I'd say for, even right? Rick Rude was more, I don't know, was better than Hogan. Is there anyone else that we're missing? I mean, DDP's up there then, too, if that's a consideration. Yeah, DDP. DDP was probably not as good as either of them. Mm-hmm. He was he was good. Yeah. DDP was good. Hmm. And Bill Goldberg is the other one. Yeah, but his run, his actual run that matter was about a year. And it's so short. It's so short. I mean, anything he did after he lost, does yeah. anyone ever care? Think about it. Nobody cares. No one ever gives a shit about what Goldberg did after that streak. You know what's another one that I think, because I, I know he has a longer WWF career, mm-hmm. but I, I just think his WCW is just tremendous. What? Chris Jericho. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, 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 it's unbelievable. Like good matches too. He does not just not just like goofy fun stuff, but like good matches. You're right. And you know what? Rey Mysterio might have to qualify. Yeah, Rey Mysterio definitely. Rey Mysterio. I think he's the wild card here. I think Rey Mysterio. Rey, really? Rey Mysterio put cruiserweights on the map. Yes, he did. Rey Mysterio made a big North American, you know, U.S. name for himself in he WWE. Brought Lucha Libre to America. Yeah. That's a big deal. And during that period of time that he was in WCW and, and until he was unmasked because then he became the most annoying human being in the world. I'm sorry, but I'm not the daddy of that baby. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to be your daddy tonight. <laughs> uh, but before that, before 99, when he got unmasked, he was one of the best wrestlers like in the wrestling business. Yeah. He was. was. He was unbelievable. Now, you guys know, maybe you don't, Quinn knows, I'm not the biggest Rey Mysterio fan. But his contribution... To cruiserweights, mm-hmm. this was a thing that WCW really wanted to push. They were very into the idea of cruiserweights. They were doing it before everyone else, and Rey Mysterio was like their crown jewel as far as cruiserweights were concerned. You know what? You're right. And not only that, if it wasn't for what he had done in WCW, maybe no one would have cared about the cruiserweights. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I mean, I, I can't, I can't knock Dean Malenko's contributions no, he was great. as well. Ultimo Dragon, but again. Mysterio was kind of the straw that stirred the drink. Right. He really did. He made a name for himself, but he helped WCW make a name for themselves as a cruiserweight division. Okay. So who do we got? This, this is what this we is got. This is tough. This is what we got here. We got Arn Anderson. Great. We got, we said Rick Rude. Yeah. We got um, Booker. Booker T. Which I'm okay with too. Booker T's really good. And Rey Mysterio. Now folks. That's tough. This is really tough. Like I'm taking off my headphones now and putting yeah. my hands through my hair. I'm serious. I'm yeah. making that up. Here, okay, here's the thing with all of these. Yeah. I know I brought him up, but you know who's the middle ground of all these people? Mm. Is Booker T. <sighs> if you think about it, he's the he's got the modern, but he can also wrestle the old school kind of match. So that that bridges the gap between Arn and say a Rey Mysterio. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like Booker is not the best at any one category. I Meaning yeah. he's not the best promo. Arn's much better. Right. Arn's a really good promo. He is is a better promo. Uh, Ray is the best wrestler, I think, honestly. Yeah, I do. Career-wise. But Booker is like... If WCW went beyond 2000... Yeah, Booker Booker was still in his prime. he would have been like their Cena. Like, I'm serious, because he's had so many years left. It was 01, and he was a champion. Yeah, he had another good five years in him, honestly. He honestly would have been their Cena. That, right. Isn't that kind of crazy yeah, to think about? But it, like, it's true. As hard as it is to imagine WCW without you know Arn in the nineties yeah. and, and Mysterio, it's also hard to imagine WCW without Booker, without Harlem Heat, right. without the TV division. It was just always on WCW. Like Arn, I think because he he kind of retired later, you know, and a lot of his good work also was in the NWA. True. What's the name of our podcast? 
our vantage point. All right. For number four, Booker T. Yeah, sure. Get it? Because it's our vantage point. It's yeah. our opinion. Folks, yeah. let us know yours as we mentioned. But our Mount Rushmore here, to recap for Donnie, is Ric Flair, of course. Mm-hmm. Sting, of course. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a wild decision here, but Vader and Booker rounding yeah. out. But that's our vantage point, folks. That's our Mount Rushmore of the best WCW. That means from the Turner Purchase onward. Yeah. Wrestlers. Quinn, you got to pick one of the best. I'm going to start with one of the worst. And it is a bad one. He made the WWF list. Last season, mm-hmm. El Gigante. Woof. The Giant Gonzalez. Oh, my goodness. The largest athlete in the world, El Gigante. How Awful. could this guy <laughs> possibly make <laughs> two of all wrestlers? I know. Worst list. This is pretty bad. He might be one of the worst all time, you know? He's terrible. Now, he looks stupider. In yeah. WWF? Yeah, he does look stupid. Somehow. Because <laughs> he had the bodysuit. But WCW's wardrobe before that, he was there from like 90, Didn't 91. He had like the red trunks. He had like, no, it was even worse. He had like a pink tank top and black shorts. He looked like a big goof. He looked like he should have been in the like skateboard team or whatever. Right. He just looked like an idiot. And the thing about El Gigante is that he's literally not good at wrestling. Yeah, he's not good at anything. He can't wrestle. He can't even talk. He can't do anything. Do his vocal cords work? Like, did all the like uh-huh. physical stuff? Yeah. go to his like body no, and like he, the vocal cords just don't have the ability to speak he can talk though but only in spanish yeah but he was seriously useless as a professional wrestler the biggest thing he had going for him is that he was tall yeah seriously it. but he's not andre like andre that's even though andre's like oh how about a nice of you like he doesn't talk good either but i love andre like i don't know why there's just right. something lovable about andre well and andre actually could wrestle yeah he really he could. could no he really could be good he could be really good, especially before he started to get older, like yeah. 70s Andre. He's awesome. He's like, a wrestler. He's surprisingly good. Right. El Gigante couldn't sell, yeah. couldn't punch, couldn't kick, couldn't do anything wrestling related, couldn't cut a promo, could barely move. He was awful. There yeah. is absolutely no reason why you would make that guy a wrestler unless you were Ted Turner and you're like, oh, that's a really tall guy. I'll make him random Andre that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put him on. <laughs> there's I, no I, I'm even, just, yeah. There's in. no debate, right? Yeah. There's no, you can't, like, it's really hard. So sorry, rest in peace, Jorge yeah. Gonzalez, but for number one, El Gigante. Die, die, die. I got one for you. <laughs> yes, go ahead. This one, I don't think you've probably even thought of this one. Who is it? Evad Sullivan. Oh my God, he's got to go in. <laughs> Dave Sullivan, the yeah. equalizer, whatever you want to call him. This guy, <laughs> picture a guy that he's looks like... unbelievable. Picture a guy that looks like Teal Hopper, <laughs> but fatter yeah. and more stupid. And he can't wrestle. And he can barely do anything with any competence. I'm surprised that he knew how to tie his shoes. <laughs> we don't even know if he did. This guy stunk in the ring. Yeah. Stunk. S-T-U-N-K. Stunk. Here's the thing is there's a lot of bad people in WCW overall. So I need yes. to, we need to just, I know Evad's like a strong contender. Oh, absolutely. But I got another one. Oh, please do. The Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Wilson, rest in peace to him too. Yeah, the Renegade folks came in in the spring. <laughs> the, come on, the spring of you thought Herb Abrams was yeah. bad for advertising the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, WCW all but promised the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. They did. <laughs> yep. What did we get? We got a guy that was about the size of Quinn <laughs> and running in with like a singlet on, acting like the Ultimate Warrior. Right. Trying to act like he was the Ultimate Warrior. WCW stopped short of calling him the Ultimate Warrior. But there's one big difference, Joe. What is that? He's not the Ultimate Warrior. 
Ah! And that might qualify. I mean, he stunk as a wrestler, he too. He was awful, too. He was bad. He was really, really bad. He won the TV title. Yes. And that was like trying to give him like a intercontinental title. <laughs> yeah. was, I always felt like yeah. it was like, oh, look, he's getting now. He's going to be the world champ next. Yeah. Didn't he beat Paul Orndorff? Yeah. Mr. Mini Arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He beat him. He's bad. But you Quinn. know who might be worse, Joe? As I'm on a hot streak of thinking of shitty WCW people. You sure are. Who do we have? The Yeti. Oh, it's the Yeti. Oh, it's the Yeti. Everyone, why does Tony Schiavone turn into Gorilla Monsoon for two seconds? Why does he say Yeti? Why does he just come in and hug Hulk Hogan with the giant? Why was the Yeti there? I don't know. Remember, he was also Super Ninja. Super or- Giant Ninja. Yes, yes, and he was also Reese. Yeah, all of these sucked. Can we put him on his number we two? Don't, that's literally the Yeti's career. That what yeah, we, we just, just said, it. we just named the whole Yate career. Ron Reese, yeah. Here's the thing with this guy. And again, folks, if you remember our WWF episode, Paulo Silva was in yeah. consideration. <laughs> Paulo Silva made it. Yeah. The problem is when promoters try to make really big yeah. or really tall or really fat people wrestlers, <laughs> but they can't wrestle. Yeah. You get stuff like you this. You get the Yate. You get the Yate. I have no like he sucked what wait 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 but what about here's another one sorry that's okay we can we these this is another one yeah Loch Ness oh my <laughs> god giant haystacks Loch Ness oh no not haystacks Calhoun right, the right. other one yeah the British one the, Bri- the- <laughs> British haystacks Calhoun <laughs> oh my goodness gracious Loch Ness Loch Ness oh what have you done here and he's Quinn? not even dressed like the Loch Ness monster he's just giant haystacks oh my goodness Quinn his That's bad. Is he worse than the Yeti? I don't know. The Yeti and Loch Ness could make it. Now, we're talking about a world, though, where also, like, Bill Kazmaier existed. Yeah. He was not a wrestler. He was a strong guy. He was basically WCW's Ted Arcidi. <laughs> yeah, you've talked a lot about him, but I, I can't... You don't have first-hand experience? I don't have first-hand experience, and I just... it's There's no way it could be worse than the Yeti or, like, Loch Ness. Oh, I got one. What? Eric Watts. That's it. That was actually exactly who <laughs> was I was it really? thinking of. From Big C, Oklahoma, Eric Watts! Eric Watts was the son of a guy named Bill Watts. Now, first yeah. of all about Bill Watts, here's what you need to know. He opened the door. Yes. And he came out of the shining light. Right. Bill Watts opened the door, and he walked through, brother, and came out of the shining light. He was a very good promoter and a very bad announcer. Yeah. He was also a dick. Yeah. Like a horrible dick. He also didn't like people jumping off the top <laughs> rope, right. which is the weirdest thing ever. And he didn't like protective mats on the outside, because yeah. fuck you, that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you get paid to beat up your body, well, fuck you, I'm going to make it harder for right. you. But anyway, he had a son, and his son sucked at wrestling, so he made him a wrestler in his promotion that he booked, it which was, was so bad. WCW. And uh, he was also in the Techno Team 2000 later. Yeah, but nobody cared about that. Now, fun fact, uh, Bill Watts was working for the WWF when Techno Team 2000 debuted. That's strange. <laughs> but anyway, back to Eric Watts. Actually, that's not strange. Exactly my point. Yeah. So back to Eric Watts. He stunk. Yeah. He couldn't wrestle. Yeah. You thought Greg Gagne was bad. Oh, I got a son of a wrestler that's even worse. What? David Flair. Oh, David Flair. Sorry. I feel like we cut off Eric Watts there, but who's worse? Is David Flair yes. or Eric Watts worse? David Flair. Yeah, but David Flair did David have Flair. that fun stuff with Daphne. That when? was funny. 
David Flair is them trying to have their own Shane McMahon. Yeah, but remember when they broke into Ric Flair's house? <laughs> <laughs> With Vince <laughs> Russo? And he's like, hey, bro, look at this. You like, stink. I don't like any of you. Yeah, You're like, a cheetah. Actually, I think he's elevated over Eric Watts just because of that. <laughs> and like that other time where he like, he was like in the NWO. Like, I actually went back and watched that after our NWO episode. It's kind of funny, actually. It is? Yeah. Well, it's Hang stupid, on. but it's really funny. Dave Sullivan's not on yet. Yeah. <laughs> really? Quinn. Mm. But the Yeti. Yeah. Who's the wor- who's well, worse? Who's worse? I got one worse than that. Oh my gosh, really? could possibly be worse. Who? The Shockmaster, Joe. <laughs> In WCW land? Yeah, maybe. Holy shit. Now, overall, Fred Ottman, Typhoon, whatever, he's not like the worst wrestler in WWF or yeah, wherever else. I mean, he's Fine. very notably bad. Yeah, he's notably bad in WCW because so bad that from his... <laughs> so bad he fell off. The, the, <laughs> fell through the thing or whatever. And then they had to like change his gimmick to like a doofy guy, you know? Yeah, he was like <laughs> Uncle Fred. Literally worker. Uncle Fred. Right. That's actually like, we always used to... We saw the thing first where Dusty like called him Uncle, yeah, Fred, Uncle Fred like many years later, but I didn't even know that they did vignettes where he was Uncle Fred. Yeah, and that's real. He was like a lovable oaf. Yeah, that was his gimmick because he fell through the thing. Yeah, I, I'm clumsy. Okay, I was always the big kid. I fell down a lot. So he's up there, but I don't know. I think honestly, the Yeti. Look at him. <laughs> Okay, we're only at number two here, right? So, yes. Yeti, Yeti, get him in there. I think so. Yeti. All right, so for number two, it's the Yeti. Why does he say it like that? I don't know. Die, die, <laughs> die. Okay, so we got El Gigante and the Yeti. That's our two tall guys, right? Yeah. We got the tall guys out of the way. Do we? we? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. We have the fat guy, uh, Loch Ness. Yeah, he's about, tall also. What about Van Hammer? I never understood why he was, like, employed for so long. (laughs) He's just whatever. Like, I don't know if I could consider him the worst. Horace Hogan? Horace is bad. What about Larry Zbysko? <laughs> like, not only does he suck as a wrestler, he but he's like an a too. bad commentator, like oh, bad man. everything. I don't know about Zbysko. I mean, <laughs> New World Odor! <laughs> New World Odor! He, he single-handedly ruined commentary forever. <laughs> what about like people like El Dandy? And, like, Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Uh, yeah, what about that? I don't know. El Dandy was okay. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Okay. Well, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> Stevie Ray was pretty bad. Oh, <laughs> he was. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but okay, in Harlem Heat, he he was like reputable at the very least. Yeah, I could I could believe him as this big guy that could beat the shit out of you. Is he on Jim Neidhart levels? Yeah, it's not right? like the worst. He had his moment in the sun in the tag team. I, I can't honestly put him on debt when we're talking about people like the renegade and the Shockmaster, i can't put stevie ray on there what about that time they tried to like push jim powers again <laughs> holy shit you remember that and they were yeah. like remember they were like he's young they actually said this like he's a young up-and-comer yeah. he was like 38 or yeah, something. yeah he was like, older it was really oh, bad shit. jim powers i don't know i'm if we're talking that line i think the renegade's worse than jim powers just because it's like so disappointing and he's an awful wrestler Glenn. yeah it's not like the guy's good but can we put him in over dave sullivan first no dave sullivan's worse okay so dave sullivan first Dave Sullivan is one of the most uninteresting wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. The only and he's thing that was compelling bad. when he went on the date Stop. with Kimberly. 
Stop. You remember that? Yeah, and then, like, it was so Max embarrassing. Muscle. Remember they, Max Muscle? They, like, bullied him at the restaurant, <laughs> and she was all nice. It was, I felt bad for him. Do you remember when Kimberly Page was also Heidi on Home Improvement? Yes. Yeah, stop. <laughs> they're the same person. Yeah, they're right? very similar. Didn't Dave Sullivan also have a pet bunny? Yes. And he he's kept, in. He kept saying he wanted to take Kimberly to the King Lion. Yeah. Not the Lion King. The King right. Lion. Yes, the King Lion. What about the King Lion? I know you got your heart going to see the King Lion. How you got me doing it? going to see the lion can we please put him on get he him out of is here. awful he's like officer doofy of wcw they're a poopy yeah you just say you want poopy yeah yeah good get him out of here <laughs> for number three dave sullivan die 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 i like in all of that we didn't mention that he was kevin sullivan's fake brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> amongst the whole discussion uh, amongst the whole discussion <laughs> that's the other end of it you know what's interesting about him just on a side tangent what's that you know what he is he's the precursor to eugene yeah. Like, he really is. Less extreme than Eugene, but right, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Less extreme. Yeah. Same concept. <laughs> the doofy. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Yeah. All right, so we've got El Gigante, the Yeti, and Dave Sullivan. What a list. Oh my gosh, really? Here, okay, I got one more for you. Okay, There's so many bad people in WCW. There are. Like, probably more than WWF you, somehow. Yeah, your mileage may vary, folks, so let us know, please. What do we got, Quinn? What about PN News? <laughs> 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 Oof. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, because it was I bad. like blew your mind. Yeah. That one. He's up there because he was a fat rapper before Men on a Mission and somehow worse. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you accomplished that, but I don't know how you could be worse at rapping or being fat than yeah. Men on a Mission, but this guy somehow did. Yeah. His hair sucked. Mm-hmm. Also, his outfit sucked. Uh huh. Everything about him sucked. Yeah. Mm. He sucked. PN News. Yeah. What? Uh, another thing I could put him aside for two seconds so you sure. can think. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't even know if this counts. What? What about RoboCop? If you're counting Kiss Demon. Oh, come on. Like, then you got to count Vince Russo. Y- you well, know what I, I mean? mean? Stop. And fucking uh, Tank Abbott and what, shit like that. What about Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> he's not, as much as I love to make fun of Jeff Jarrett, he's better than everyone we've mentioned. Literally, he's better than everyone. Okay, fine. He, the Renegade's bad though. Yeah, Tank Abbott's awful. That's a really Tank good one. Abbott's really bad. Shit, man, um, Tank Abbott. What about Oklahoma? He didn't wrestle that much though, yeah, but he did wrestle. Mm, yeah, Oklahoma was bad. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking Renegade. Yeah, in terms of total package, no mm. pun intended with Luger, but in terms of total package, because you figure the gimmick was a big ripoff. Yeah, it got you really excited as a kid. You really thought, like, this is going to be good, right? Yeah. And it's not. The look was underwhelming, because he didn't mm-hmm. look like the Ultimate Warrior. He was, like, our size. Yeah. The promos were horrible. Yeah. The wrestling was horrible. Everything about him was bad. Yeah. That's why he's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Just like the Yeti. But, Joe, yeah. what about fake Sting? <laughs> <laughs> the gimmick is better than the Renegade. <laughs> You're right. Actually, never mind. Sorry. It actually is. No, I'll, I take back that what about fake Sting. I think we can put the Renegade on and not and not feel bad about it. Hmm. Yeah. At least Loch Ness was what he was supposed to be, a fat guy. But he did. He was awful. He was Joe. really bad, Giant Haystacks. Actually, but he was on the downs. Wasn't he like 60? He was like really old. The Renegade was supposed to be good. I guess putting in Loch Ness would be like putting in the Master, which isn't right, fair. Right, right. Like, the Renegade's way worse. Okay, yeah. so I think we have our answer. 
right? Okay. Yeah, the renegade. You have no objection here? Yeah. I mean, this is pretty bad. He <laughs> is bad. Yeah. I can't wait for you to list this off for Donnie because this is horrible. <laughs> All right. So for number four, the renegade. Die, die, die. You know, sometimes Donnie will t- talk to us. Donnie's a friend. You can find him on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Donnie will say, well, I want to see what you were talking about on the show. Right. Like, didn't you make a Bret Hart, Steve Austin playlist for him or yes, something? Yes, I did recently. What As if I made a El Gay yeah. Hot Day Yete Dave, Dave Sullivan Renegade. and Renegade playlist? That's our uh, that's our uh, Death Valley, yeah. folks. El Gigante Jorge Gonzalez, also known as the Giant Gonzalez yeah. in WWF. The Yete, which was um, actually the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like a mummy. And he looked like a mummy. He was also Super Giant Ninja and Reese yeah. in Raven's Flock. He really sucks. Yeah. Dave Sullivan, also known as Evad Sullivan because right. he was dyslexic or something. I don't... I thought he got hit on the head or something. Whatever it is, he was terrible. Kayfabe reason for him acting the way he did, he's on Death Valley. (laughs) And the Renegade, which was not the Ultimate Warrior, and that's all I kind of need to say about that. (laughs) That is our Death Valley of WCW wrestlers. So, folks, let us know yours. You can do that by going to Facebook, where all the cool kids are, by the way, like David Van Antwerp and all them, and Patrick Ray. Cool guys there. Maybe Van Hammer soon. Maybe Van Hammer might be there. We might invite him. (laughs) Uh, You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast or email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Well, Quinn, this is interesting because we actually don't have anything specifically to review. We are reviewing something when we come back. We'll find out. Well, I, I don't know what yet. Maybe we'll have to check the mailbox. We'll find out. We'll let you guys know what we decide. We'll be back right after this. Oh, hi, everyone. You know, when they send me out uh, to interview the superstars of WCW, I never know what I'm going to encounter. And as a promise, we're going to talk to the Shockmaster once again. We're at his home. All of us watching the Cartoon Network. Why all the kids around you during the day here, Shockmaster? Hey, when school's out, it's over to Uncle Fred's house for fun. We're watching some cartoons, reading a few comic books, playing some games on the video game. You know, I mean, just having fun. Yeah, I can understand you're having fun. And people have wondered, uh, why have you gone through the change of appearance, uh, why now the hard hat? Why the shirt going to the ring like this? Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us for all 60 of these episodes. Michael. Hi. It's been uh, crazy, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Doing 60 of these. And in honor of it being our 60th episode, we figured, why not take the fans with us to the mailbox? Somebody sent us something? That's what I heard. We were supposed to get something. I remember saying last week, someone, I don't know who it was, messaged us, some anonymous person saying, I'm going to send you guys something you've never seen. Did they at least send it first class? It better be first Air class. Mail. I'll tell you what, like, there, there was no CODs. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we don't take CODs here at OVP Studios. So, Quinn, you wanna, why don't we do this? Let's bring the folks with us. Bring okay. everyone with us. Let's go to the mailbox right now, okay? Okay. All right. All right, let's see what we got here. Open that up. Okay. Well, this is unlabeled. Uh, VHS, though. It's nice. We can use that yeah. new VCR you got. Oh, right. The Panasonic. Uh-huh. Panasonic. That's a good VCR. Well, this is the only thing in here. You want to give this a shot? Let's do it. Folks, this this is a blank VHS tape. Yeah. It says nothing on it. Nothing Don't know at all. what it is. All right. Tell you what. 
Let's bring them up to the uh, den. We'll go on the couch. Okay. All right, we'll sit. Normally, we would take notes, obviously. Right. Normally, we would do this without you guys recording, and we would take our notes, and we would, you know, make the jokes and everything, and then read them and do the review. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we would actually, like, be professional. This time, we're like, you know, let's peel back the curtain just a tiny little bit. So we're actually in our den now. Quinn, you got your sodi? Yeah, you know, in my recliner, the whole thing. <laughs> I, it's true. <laughs> I know. It you're is. laughing like I'm just making this I up. I know. Obviously, you're in your recliner. I yeah. see you right now. Yeah. All right. Well, pop that tape in there. Okay. Let's see what the hell this is. I have no idea what this is, folks. By the time you're listening, I'm sure it's in the title of the episode, but yeah, we don't know we right don't now. Know while we're doing it. All right. Well, so. I'm ready to press play. Hit it. I All guess. Right, hit play. See, see what this is. Good. A black screen. Oh, Whoa, so my bingo break. 4 194. They told us the time of 28 minutes and 30 seconds. That's is, not that long. No, that's not long. What is Bingo Break, though? Episode 55? We're looking... What? We're yeah. looking at a title card right now, folks. I don't know what this is. I've never seen this before. Bingo Break, it show like 55. It lottery in the corner. Yeah, it does. All right, oh, nothing wow. yet. Okay. Is this a joke? Who sent this? I don't know. You hear it's that? not a joke. It's real. It's time for the Bingo Break. With your hosts, Bob Morella and Karen Tate. Wait, what? <laughs> Bob, Bingo Bob Master Sean Mooney. <laughs> what? The Dave Smith Five. Wait, what? what? Who are these people? And our psychic advisor, What? <laughs> what am I watching? And now, here's Bob and Karen. Seriously, did that say Bob Morella? Yes. What the fuck? Welcome. It's Friday. You like Friday. A very important Friday, too. What the hell important is this? People fools. You're kidding me. Yeah, so be very April careful. April Fools. Oh. Wait, what? You know, Why? Why? What are you going to do? There isn't anybody around here who would do something. You know. Childish pranks like yeah. that, right? <laughs> Quint, no, there right. certainly isn't. No so he might have to pa- hit the pause right, button right, for so a second. So here's the deal here, folks. Yeah, you do like They're on a living room set. i got to pause this for a second. They're on a living room set yeah. right now. Of like, it looks to be a morning talk show, Quinn. It looks like Good Morning America in the early 90s, you know, yeah. with, with Charlie Gibson and, and all And that. Joan London. Joan London. Or possibly Lisa McCree. Yeah. But it's Sean Mooney, and he looks like, oh, I'm Sean Mooney, like yeah. the WWF version. Right. And Bob Barella, not Gorilla Monsoon. Why is Gorilla Monsoon hosting a show with Sean Mooney? You know what's weird about this, too? Gorilla's Everything. glasses look different. He yeah. looks more like an old man. Right. Don't you think? <laughs> They're really emphasizing the old man. Bob? Not only that, the screen we're paused on, there's some kind of band in the corner, like it's Johnny Carson. So that's yeah. to set the stage a little bit. And now he's like, Gorilla's like throwing to the band, like we're going to hear some jokes. Let's hear what they say, okay? okay. <laughs> Look, what an innocent face. <laughs> <laughs> You're into the more serious stuff, right? Yes. Mooney hey, just oh. spilled coffee. Did you see- what happened? <laughs> Didn't you just see what happened? Bob. I didn't oh, see that. Bob. So what April happened? Fools. Is there a hole in it? Dribble cup. Yeah. Isn't that uh, just a prank, I though? Guess you yeah, it. they put a hole in his cup. It's not a fool's. Oh, look, the band guy definitely did it. This is... Are you kidding? The only thing I don't understand is what... Like, what is this show? I don't know. Watch this! Why? There's something that says bingo in the background. Did you see that? Yes, I did. This banter is terrible. Let's listen. doing something to that epic photo or painting that... What the hell? What? Why is there a painter? There's a French painter man in okay. Pause again. So now, not only, let's set the stage here for everybody. Okay. Not only do we have an awkward looking morning talk show. Yes, with um, evergreen trees. In the back. They look like there's a <laughs> condominium, not a house. We have Sean Mooney with khakis yeah. and like a blazer. Gorilla Monsoon looking like an old man that has nothing to do with wrestling. Right. He like. 
he is not gorilla. No, like he, they have not acknowledged no, the gorilla no, no. name. Not he at all. Is Bob Morella and some lady that's just nondescript in a yeah. red dress. She's like Roz Abrams from like from ABC News, News. <laughs> in the nineties. But we've got a band. That's like bantering with them. Right. And then now some painter with like a painter's hat on like, painting a portrait. Like that straight up sounds like it came out of like this Frenchie Martin from WBF. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. I'm serious. Like he looks. You remember that Frenchie show where he interviewed yes. people? Yes. Like, like that's, Frenchie's Corner or whatever yeah, or it was. whatever where he's like painting and he's yes. in it. That's what that guy is. Maybe Gorilla's like, ah, oh, you could use this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do this. <laughs> All right, I guess let's keep going. I don't know what He sounds like he has so much contempt for this, though. Gorilla? gorilla? Yeah, he doesn't sound nice. No. They have April Fool's over in France. I don't know. He looks might. like he's working on one right now. He was the only <laughs> We the can only do one. better banter than this shit. Got, uh, <laughs> We're already doing game, it. So we went, mm, a hot you know, game. Let's get it going. What, a game? Already, uh, I, that was not me, pal. Yeah. Why do you so Mooney's getting up now. No, no okay, Mooney's going. Me, that's why I'm saying. I'm a little apprehensive today. This seems to be kind of a... <laughs> A weird day. I feel like I'm watching a very bad Coliseum video skit. It's weird to me when in like a show, Sean Mooney is like Gorilla Monsoon's equal. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Wait, what the hell is this now? Why is he on a bingo board? What game are we going to be playing? All right, Freddy! Oh, they screwed with the bingo board. Oh, my God. We're not even getting to see it the way it's supposed to. Yeah, what the hell? Do you want to, though? Yeah, I don't... So are we just playing bingo? Is that what this is? To know what game we're going to be playing besides the free space game, which, I mean, it'd be great. Imagine how much money we'd give away. Mm-hmm. Free space I think we game. Again, Fred. What's it going to be? Fred. Well, oh, it's broken. Take your time. Wait a minute. Okay, I guess he means the bingo board's name is Fred. Row. I think it's the guy who operates the bingo board. Are you sure? Computer can come up with. Maybe. But folks, uh, <laughs> even though it's April Fool's Day, you still need a bingo break card to play along with us. Right now, Bob Jones is standing by to tell you where you can go to pick one up. What? Basics food centers. Wait, you gotta go get it? What is this? Neighbor Care Pharmacy. Right, hang on, as these commercials go, Neighbor Care Pharmacy. No, this is where you get the bingo card, Joe. They're not commercials. Okay, folks, remember when you are you serious? Yeah. Uh, the They're like, that's where you get the no card. Necessary. Check out to make sure I don't want to. What is this? <laughs> Can you tell me what this is? Just to describe, just pause for one second. Yes. Just to describe, so this bingo card, right? It's like. It the logo looks like New Jersey lottery, New York lottery, like, and it just has bingo numbers on it. So I guess you can play, but like, do they do it every day, like the lottery? I don't know. I mean, if it's episode, episode fifty-five, it's probably daily. Then that, right? There's no how is there like, that many of these? That's only eleven weeks. You've, I bet you it was a three-month trial. Okay, and this would be like eleven weeks is almost three months. That's probably what it is, right? I wonder where this was from. What is this? Game? Let's find out. Okay, let's do it. Oh my gosh. Let's see what happens when we start uh, cranking up the popper and pulling some numbers. Hey. Uh, now the popper's going all fast. It's broken. It has a hole in it. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those days. Uh, Gorilla doing his like. What happened? I don't know what's going what on. What do you mean? What happened? Either, right? I hate when Gorilla's being a heel. Yeah, why is Gorilla a heel? He's like acting like he doesn't know he did this prank. Something go wrong? Uh, you know, there's a little piece of the popper we're missing. Uh, the top was gone. <laughs> well, that's, be? that's your responsibility. Did he mention this when we interviewed him? I don't remember. I oh, yes, he did. He did? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This is that thing he said if you could find it or whatever, remember? Yeah, did he send this to us? I don't know. He, he wouldn't, right? I don't think Sean would. like us, right? <laughs> I don't know if Sean would. He probably doesn't have this. I don't think Sean would do this. To- what the hell? 
All right, now we get like play by play. So the first number is one. The B is one. Okay. Oh, 61 is the next number. Oh, 61. Any row now. This could be uh, very interesting. And we got G60. Okay. This is what our life has come to, Quinn. Yep. We're live watching something We're for our fans. We're watching bingo. We're watching bingo for our fans. It's all With for you Sean guys. Sean Mooney in it. And Gorilla Monsoon? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I cannot stress this enough, folks. We put this in. Oh, I-16 if you care. We put this in. I am confused as hell as to what G59. This this screen, by the way, is like very... It's like 1987 graphics. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's not good. Or mishaps over here, just winners. Yeah, mishaps. Here in the first round. This that whole show is a mishap. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. But, uh, I'm amazed. What is the free block in the middle for bingo? We're gonna have to be very Does that mean everyone gets an N? I don't know. Linda and Gail are here, and they won't be fooling around. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. <laughs> Where are we going? Linda and Gail will be here. They won't be fooling around. This band sucks. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Breaks on Dave Smith 5 is next when we return. Dave Smith 5? Is that a band? What? That's them. But uh, I don't want them. Wait. Oh, it's Bruce Smith, Mr. Buffalo Phillips. Why is that Cliff Clavin? It's man. Cliff Clavin in a bar. Hey, big fella. Bet you can't eat just one of these new wavy ladies. Why is it imitation George Costanza next to him? Oh, yeah. You gotta wear a dress. <laughs> oh, if he can't eat him, he's gotta wear a dress. Well, I think I know what's going to happen here. Go get the dress. He's gotta wear Cliff's gonna wear a dress. Yeah. A dress. Yep. Maybe he didn't understand the rules. <laughs> Introducing Wavy Lace. They lost the bet, didn't they? Yes. One variety on your Whitney radio? Houston, Michael Let Bolton, Pink Cans. Oh, Mix 106. Remember them? Oh, is this a song's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Young. Forever young. Whitney Houston in the paint bucket. Yep. Is that hard? Oh, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. And Michael Bolton. No. Yes, Michael Bolton. You like him? You well, like I like that album, the one where they had to take the song off of it because he, like, <laughs> stole it or whatever. Yes. Now we have a gentleman with a broom They're and people putting up streets. a sign. Oh, Lawbreaker, like, beware. This is protected by the Neighborhood Watch. Oh, a com- is this a commercial for the Neighborhood Watch? I don't know. It's just some shithole. It's so 90s. It looks- like, this is like the big help this on is, Nickelodeon. This is like where Men on a Mission should be doing a promo from. Yeah, making a difference, Fatu. Yeah. Oh, the kid got an A+. Yeah, Neighbors United. Okay. Sponsored by Kurt L. Schmoke, mayor and the volunteers of Baltimore. Yeah. Ooh, bingo. Oh. You've taken your prescription medicine. No, not bingo. Pills. <laughs> If your pills came to sorted by a pharmacist, it looked like bingo. I I swear, I thought it was bingo. Now, folks, I know we're talking over something you can't see. I have an idea, Quinn. Okay. You've got to convert this. Oh, I'll I'll change the VHS tape. I'll put it on the YouTube. Yes, and put it on our... By the time you are done listening to this review, folks... This is on our YouTube channel. Yep. It'll How about be that? Up there. How about that? Because who the fuck owns this? No one cares about this. <laughs> what is this, Jethro Tull? Why is that the lead guy playing the flute? Ugh. What's the matter, Dave? Oh. Uh, what is the matter? Uh, oh, look. They played a prank. Oh, oh he's anything. got gunk in his flute, I bet. Who's been... Who did this? <laughs> is that a salami? That's not funny. Bob, look at that. It's like a That's Slim Jim. You know the about this, Bob? That's disgusting. <laughs> it's like a big Slim Jim in his flute. Paul. Humiliating. Yeah. Appalled. How do you think I feel? 
Gorilla, gorilla Monsoon. I feel I don't wow. like Gorilla in this. He's horrible. He's too serious. I'm, I'm gonna apologize for whoever. He's just that. doing that like laying back thing. Like, like when he talks to Bobby, but like he's Bobby's being a jerk and Gorilla's like, I don't care. Yeah, he's like doing that. that. No. But he's it, doing it, that to like Sean? everything. Yeah, it's not nice. And to Sean, which well, well Sean's a face no, though. No, yeah, Sean's a face. Yeah, heal Gorilla Monsoon, folks. I'm bingo break. Preach. Our own Dave Smith Five. What? Twisting and shouting. Let's do it. Wait, what? What? Twist and shout. This by this band. Wait, I don't care. What? <laughs> okay, I don't care. We we have to fast forward here. I'm sorry. I am not. No, I am not listening to this. All right, here. Let's uh, let's see. How much could it be? A minute? Because there's only like a half an hour in this whole show. I'll skip ahead here. Let's see. Still going. Um. <laughs> Please be over. Now he's playing sax. I hate this. <laughs> Again, another verse. This guy looks like an accountant, this singer, folks. The if only he- two times this worked was when the Beatles did it and when Ferris Bueller, Bueller sang it. the Beatles version. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this okay, is long. enough. How long was that? Like four minutes. Good lord. Yeah. Hot stuff. Like that. We like that. Hey, Dave, I don't want to say anything, but those two uh, blues brothers behind you there uh, look a little shady to me. I, yeah, they cost me a lot of money. Spent a lot of money. This is awful. You know, fooling around with your equipment. Grill Monsoon should have never been a host of a show. Never. Ready to play? Why not? Only prime time. Back to the bingo. Equipment is working once again. How's your equipment? doing my equipment's fine check yours out uh-oh <laughs> i've been trying whoa <laughs> oh. earlier i'm a little he made bit, a uh, naughty joke <laughs> but we'll see what happens that's uh, even <laughs> gorilla's like come on <laughs> get on with it well, gorilla I'm hates this doesn't he yeah wider over there folks you got to see this to believe it i am sorry that we cannot do it justice right now in video but you gotta watch this this is unbelievable game like this or one we play every day, you have to have a bingo break card. And right now, Bob Jones is we know where to get them. Oh, yeah, this yeah. This is like the rumble at the St. Michael's Academy yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, back to Sean. Back to Mooney here. Absolutely free. Just stop in. Make sure you got a validative play. And there's some very important information. It's not there. <laughs> On the back of the card. The card's Unless, gone, course, everyone. <sighs> the card's gone, everyone. This is really funny. Check out the back of the car. There's some important information. Uh, it will tell you. Uh, I wish I had the card they to show you. Really uh, did this to Sean? Your no, card, so Sean definitely knew what was going on. Okay. There's no way. <laughs> now they're throwing that, balls that at him. That was kind of funny, actually. That made me laugh. <laughs> Those balls have nothing to do with this game. I'm not going to dignify Sean Mooney playing bingo. So why did this show exist? And I don't what know. does anyone know about it? We have to find this out. Bingo! I don't know. Fucking bingo. Fred, are you just fooling me or what? <laughs> it's been one of those days. Anyway, folks, uh, I guess we came up with a bingo here. This is heinous. I don't know how we did it, but uh, that's what Fred says, and I don't think Okay, I have to say something here. Go ahead. They're playing April Fools, like, yes. on a show where there's a game and you need to know what the hell is going <laughs> yeah, on. It's true. Like... <laughs> This is bullshit. Okay, now they're showing us the winning card. Uh, 120, 21, 99. Yeah, but who cares? 
I don't I care. 20. So, all right. This is right after WrestleMania 10, for reference. So, <laughs> Wait, what? It's that late? April of 94. Oh, so, yes, actually. You're right. Mooney's not in the WWF. Gorilla is, but he's like not the main thing you anymore. Know, Gorilla always was. Yeah, until yeah. he died. What else is Mooney doing here? Stay tuned. We'll be back with more but, yeah. break. It, right? It's a After weird time. It's a very weird time. Did like Sean just want to continue to work with them or something? I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> He's very, very confusing, Sean Mooney, because he's like, oh, I like the WWF, but I just wanted to leave. And what to do this? To do bingo break, of course. <laughs> what? Well, you know, didn't Sean, what the hell? WLG has the music that I love and the information that I AM radio ad, and it's old people saying they like the music on it. This is not the people you want to be saying like this music. What a station. Legends. <laughs> 1360 is the music we love. <laughs> <laughs> the all new AM 1360. All new? That's new? What, what, what a cheap used to logo, be? too. Wouldn't it be great if taking your prescription? Pills. Okay, what were you saying about 1994 I was here? saying this is a very weird time period because Gorilla Monsoon, like Joey Morella, is still alive. Right. Right. So Gorilla's not. Like sad about He's that not yet? Angry yet? Right. So, like, why is he so grumpy during this? And his glasses aren't tinted. Yeah. That Did you is, notice that's that? That's really weird. That's what I said. I thought yeah. the glasses were different. They are. They're not tinted. Yeah. It's. It, I couldn't. It's really different. It's, I don't know. He doesn't look right. No, he doesn't look right. He looks really old. What is yeah, that? A the, Tide commercial? The, yeah, it is a Tide commercial. Actually, God, isn't anyone that sloppy? That like bargain detergent didn't work. <laughs> Two yeah, bargain, bargain detergent. They're no good. Greasy food. Well, let you eat better, you fucking slop. I feel like they just like went down to her jeans just to like prove that her clothes were clean briefly when you saw her face again. Maybe. Uh oh. Why do you use neighbor care, Tom Maddie? Hey, I spent oh, this is neighbor care, the sponsor. Colts Hall of Famer, Tom Maddie. Is our Donovan on this? I was just going to say. It is It is Baltimore. Wait, we're so close to the king of the ring. Wait, wait, pause, pause, pause. Oh my God. Something just dawned on me. Yes, sir. King of the Ring, right? 94, yep. That was in what? June. June. This yeah. is in April. Two months before it, yep. Right. Where are we Gorilla's going with doing this? something in Baltimore, right? <laughs> yes. Who ended up on commentary <laughs> when they were in Baltimore? Art Donovan. And Gorilla's was currently doing a show in Baltimore at the time. <laughs> Not only that, a show that's aimed at seniors, clearly. Yes. Do you think that this is how we got Art Donovan? That he watched Baltimore Bingo Break? No, that, you know, because they're in the, when you're filming things, right? Yeah. You're probably meeting in studios and stuff like that. Maybe Art Donovan did some advertisements for the local station as well. Could you imagine if this show is the connection, the bridge between Art Donovan and King of the Ring 1994? You may have something here. We'll see. If I could only get coverage like this from my players. What? Low price prescriptions delivered <laughs> free to your was. home. only get coverage like this from my players. What even was that? Not sure. And this band stinks. Yep. They're awful. They're really, really bad. Folks, you have to see how stupid they look. They look like accountants. Hey, I hope you got a chance to watch last week when Gail Summer oh, was the here here. with psychic Linda Sonnenlider. Oh, it's Elton John on the right. And, uh, they told Sean some things. That, she has uh, gorilla's glasses really on. She, <laughs> she has Elton John's <laughs> gut. <laughs> this is awful, folks. Okay, I'm just going to say Gail the psychic. I don't really think she's a psychic. She looks like a lady that wants to be a host of something on the left. Oh, yeah. So for reference now as they ramble on about who cares. Mm-hmm. 
this lady on the left has like fake blonde hair, like bleached blonde hair, but like in the older middle-aged mom way. And she's got like a shiny like jacket on. You guys need lessons, but I need a psychic. Wait, what? Bobby? Excuse me. That's his voice, right? Who's a psychic? Holy yeah. shit. Wait, what the hell? The psychic is here. What? I'm the Please. astrologer. You're the astrologer. This is the astrologer. This is Hi. Hi. I'm Karen. Bobby Heenan with World uh, World Championship Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Here? I, I, I need a psychic, real bad. He almost said WWE. He did. He. She's a psychic. Holy shit! All right, we gotta a listen to this. Real because I've, 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 I've had some feelings like I've, I need my feet red. You need your feet red. <laughs> yes, only Linda, Bobby. Do you read feet? No, I read bumps on the head though. You and I think you've had a few. I've had a few over the years, but I mean, I, I, I have this Why feeling that nice? um, this animals are confusing. falling. Big hairy apes, like <gasps> things like that. Gorilla. Really? I need my feet red. I had a woman do it once in Newark. It was outside of Tibet, and she read my feet. And I, do you think they I can't be on the same screen, technically? I don't know. So I never got to see her again. I thought that's... maybe you could help me out, man. I can do this nude, too. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, okay. no next time. Next time you Holy come. Holy shit. I can this is really weird. Head. Okay, let's see. Oh, okay, now we know what the problem was. <laughs> flat feet. You got flat yeah. feet. Well, so is my sister. You know. Uh-huh. From what, I could, from what I can feel from the vibrations coming from your foot here. This is okay. bullshit. Um, I need to pause. Why is this sound like Dusty Rhodes? From what I can tell from the vibrations coming from your foot there, Bobby. <laughs> now, Bobby is out here in one of his WCW like light gray suits. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. He also has the WCW shoes, if you ever notice. He wears the loafers yeah. all the time when he was in WCW. Like, he looks like WCW Bobby. Like I don't he doesn't know. care as yeah. much. Because, like, WWF Bobby barely wore suits, right? Right. Unless he was, like, on primetime with you know, Flair. Like he wore the members-only coats yeah, and everything. Yeah, he wore the sparkly, really dumb jackets and all right. that stuff. Now, what we have here, though, is a Bobby who, first of all, his first inclination yeah. is to say he's in the World Wrestling Federation, yeah. and then he corrects himself. The World Re- World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So, this is April 94, folks. Bobby had joined in January right. to WCW. Correct. And Gorilla... Obviously, was still in WWF, like we mentioned. Girl is the one that kicked Bobby out of the WWF in December of 93. Right. And Kayfabe kicked him out. But they're on a show with a psychic and an astrologist and a band that belongs on like a late night with Johnny Carson knockoff show in and, the 80s. And Imitation Roz Abrams. And so. Imitation Roz Abrams on the Good Morning America set right. playing bingo. Yes. And, and getting <laughs> his feet red. I, well, I guess we'll... Yeah. Continue on here. We only have like eight minutes left of the thing, so we okay. might as well see what the hell this is. Okay, let's do it. There's. Do them both while you're up. Okay. She's trying not to okay. laugh. Uh, he just wants his feet rubbed. Uh, they do? Uh, they do. Okay, sure. Yes, good smelling feet. I'm seeing this tall, blonde. This feels like in the vein of a Rosati sister skit. Yeah. Wait a minute. It does. Very. Very attractive, and she's got a proposition that's coming up for you in the next two weeks here that's going to be very okay, interesting. Okay, uh-huh. that, I'm seeing here over the next month that there's at least a $10,000 retainer or something coming for you. A ten thousand dollar retainer. Yeah. You think this is a real psychic? I thought he really no. needed a psychic. He's all right, that's all right because I'm massaging his feet. No, no, no. I'm trying to. Do you think she knows what's going oh, on though? Oh, it's worse. I don't know. Yes. He's clearly. No, he's got. He's got really he's hyper energy. Her. But he's a. Yeah. This is definitely a skit. Quite yeah. a cream puff. He's got a. Do you think from the psychic's point of view it is though? Right here, right there. Now they're all touching his feet. I think Gail's in on it and Roz, but I don't know about. Soft, hard, medium, or am I? 
Hi, I'm Linda. Linda, hi. Is this and a Lisa Gibbons show? Lisa Gibbons? No, it's not. I've seen so many ladies on one show. Who are you my shoes? Who are you? She's the psychic that you came in to talk to. I didn't come in to talk to anybody for a psychic. Yeah, you did. I came here to get my parking finalized. Do you know who you are? Yes, I am. Who? I'm a psychic. My name is Lisa. Right? Linda? Linda. Lisa? Yeah. Of course. We used to be married. We, we, had, uh, we had nine kids together, one of each, and what a nice lady. When do we play uh, Domino Bingo? Or what do they call this? Domino Bingo! This is a television show. Wait, so he, he was just joking because he, he like oh, yes, held her yeah, hand afterwards. Yeah. Okay. But how is Gorilla Monsoon not on the same screen as Bobby I don't Heenan? think he can. You know how the WWF is. Even back then, they're not allowed to cross streams. Do you think Vince even knew what Gorilla Monsoon was doing? Well, if we eventually got Art Donovan, he might have known. So, <laughs> all right, let's see what else is going on here. Uh, well, let's play hey, saw him and Earl Shide this morning. Good work. Um, <laughs> but, when do we get to do something here? Can I play in the band, or can I sit on the couch, or can I just hang out? Yeah, sure. Oh, Any of those things you want to do. You're kidding. Yes. <laughs> no, whatever you like. What would you like to play in the band? No, would I'd you... like to play bingo. I'd well, like we have a bingo. game to play over here. Let's play it. Okay, let's play it. You're a little late, Mr. Heenan. Whoa. You can't play the game. No, we've already had a Wait, winner. now Sean Mooney's encountering done. Bobby the Brain. Gave you away a lot back. of money. We gave away all this money. If you were here, what? There's no money left? Ten minutes ago. No, not today. You could come back another <laughs> oh, of time. Of course maybe. Bobby needs the money. What? They're still doing <laughs> that. You money? Well, he always wants no money. money. Yeah. Money Sean Mooney's been, like, relegated to the bingo set the entire time. He's, like, not even in the thing. They don't even, like, let him back in. No. Like, stay the fuck over there, Sean. Okay, they gotta take a break, says Roz. Where's Gorilla? You might be right, Quinn. I really don't think they're allowed to be on the screen together. What are they doing right now? Or maybe WCW didn't want them to be on the yeah. screen together. Okay, the bonus wheel's next. I guess that's the finale of this crew. Ooh, good. Cliff oh, Clavin in the Cliff, bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta wear a dress. Blah, blah, blah. Why do you wear the uh, chips there? Yeah. You have the wavy lays. And, uh, yeah. Folks, I am <laughs> bewildered here as to what the hell we are watching. I don't know what it is either. It's really crazy. For every music need. Ooh, Gordon Miller music. At our zoo, people come from miles <laughs> our around. zoo. Who's Zoo? Whoa! The Zoo advertisement. The Baltimore Zoo, actually. Exit Exit 7 off of I-83, 410-396-7102. Commercial's over. Let's see what we got. Well, welcome back to Bingo Break. Uh, Card uh, number 2199. Bobby's creeping (laughs) over into the frame. uh, (laughs) Drops a ball. That isn't a winning number, is it? I don't know. (laughs) I haven't picked it yet. You know, you look really familiar. So do you. Wait, they're not supposed Bobby, to know each other? Don't you have your own show with a bunch of strange to. acts? And yes, yes. Bobby like Heenan's show? Kind of. <laughs> anyway, folks, you're going to want to know where you can get uh, your money. What the and, hell is uh, this? And Bob Jones is standing by to tell you where you can go. There's kayfabe. Redeem your winning bingo break card with your personal ID at any American national savings bank. You have to go to a specific bank to get the money? They can't fucking send it to you? They can't write you a check? here, Mr. Heenan. I'm going to spin the big wheel, and if a bonus symbol comes up, they're going to win $500. Want to spin it? Sure. Go ahead. Give it Fall over, yeah, got. please. A little more than that. <laughs> he just tapped it. Just taps it. Everyone's laughing offset. Yeah. <laughs> it hit him in the balls. Yeah, almost. Everyone's laughing, by the way, in the yep, background. Because he's Bobby. I knew a girl with zits once like this. It's a long story. It's a long story. Okay, and it's going to be. It's kind of funny. The lucky diamond. It's like the Price is Right wheel. Yeah, blue. Five hundred bucks. What do you think about that? Why don't we give him two hundred and I split the rest? <laughs> Can we do that? Why don't we go over and visit with our friends? Okay, let's go do that. Okay. Is Gorilla here? The 500 is coming out of your pocket, Bobby. <gasps> he probably wouldn't mind. Huh? With the original deep pockets, Heenan? Hey, nothing's too good for <gasps> my father. They're in the 
same price. You gotta come up with the five hundred clams for the winner out there. Well, they said probably not paid for anyway. It doesn't really matter. Happy Gorilla looks now. Did you get a chance to meet Francois? Yes, I did. You can call him Frank. Frank. Bonjour. Get him out of here. Now, folks. That is the. Wait, wait a minute. I have we, to we do have some business here. Excuse me, guys. Guys, you just pardon me. Excuse me. Will you stop? You would like to contact the psychics? No, 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 no psychics. American <laughs> Association of Prof- That's not real, Joe. I bet it is. There's no way. Gorilla, will you stop the painter? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, they can do that. How do they, how do they contact you now? How contact me? They leave a number over this dispenser in uh, the Newark uh, bus station. It's never mind. It's a long story. It was also on the wall over at Kmart. We I have saw to go. <laughs> oh, it's a gorilla drawing with a mustache. I don't know what we just watched. Copyright ITI 1994. Bingo game is protected by U.S. patent. Some number. They're all like goofing off now. Watch that tie. Watch that tie. Watch that tie. Bobby's just trying to leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, Holy shit. Fade to go. black. Take that tape out of the VCR there, Quinn. Let's quickly make sense of just what we saw, okay? April 1st, 1994, according to that title card, right? It's yep. April Fools. They're acting like it's April Fools. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon as Bob Morello with glasses that aren't tinted. Right. Sean Mooney as like Sean Mooney. Right. But not in the WWF anymore with Correct. khakis. Yeah. He's like relegated to the bingo area most <laughs> yeah, of the time. Yeah, because Sean Mooney. I mean, basically, yeah, because Sean Mooney. Because that's what Sean Mooney does, right? Yeah. Then we've got a band that's terrible yeah. and belongs on a totally I different show. Why did they let them play like an entire <laughs> song? Like, I would have rather more of that stuff with Bobby and Gorilla uh, and everything. And then not only that, Bobby Heenan. Getting his feet rubbed, like telling his fortune from his feet or something. And it is amazing how the second Bobby Heenan walks onto the set with Gorilla, Gorilla's all back to normal. Yeah. I have an idea, actually. We have, we have a little bit of time left in the show, Quinn. Sure. For the fans here. You want to call a couple of our friends and see if they know anything about it? Maybe they sent it to us. Okay. We, are we hooked up for that, Joe? Yeah, I think we can figure that out. You know okay. what? You think it was Crockett? Mike Crockett, maybe? It might have been. It could have been Mike Crockett. All right. He's been acting up on the boards lately. <laughs> he has. All right. You know what? Let's give him a call. <sighs> Just get the phone here. I think we have his number. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there it is. All right. Hello? Hey, Mike. It's Joe from OVP Podcast. Oh, hey, Joe, uh, and Quinn, because I assume he never leaves your side. Uh, I hey. can't talk for long because I'm in the middle of a re-listen of the entire run of the Pritchard podcast. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Freaking busting our balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like six and a half hours into the Freddie Joe Floyd episode, and they're <laughs> just getting to his match in May of 1997 from WWF mm. Jacked with yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. Oh. Barbary. So it's really getting good. Uh, what's up? I just want to see if you know anything about this bingo break. Yeah, you ever hear of this? It, it's some weird show. I don't know. Yeah. It's got Sean Mooney in it. Yeah, Gorilla Monsoon, but it's from 1994, and it's like a talk show. It's not about wrestling. Do you know anything about this? Bingo break. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I know why you called me. I know why. why. I'm an expert on breaks, right? Seeing as how I'm on an extended hiatus from being a referee. So, good call. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, dingo break, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the podcast about the Ultimate Warriors World Class run, right? It's a tremendous show. It's tremendous. They must have spent a ton on gear because you can hear all the grunts and growls like clear as day. So they do a great job. I'm a big fan. Mike, Mike, Mike. Bingo. Bingo was his name, oh? With a B. B B-I-N-G-O. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, 
No, I mean, I mean I'm subscribed to Cribbage Corner on iTunes, but never really gotten to Bingo, so guess I can't help you there. Uh, all right, guys, I got to run. I'm hoping to squeeze in the Frenchie Martin retrospective oh, before the end of the day. Come on. So I guess I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was useless. Uh, yeah, that didn't. That wasn't very helpful, huh? Nice, nice guy, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, you know what? At least he didn't send it to us. At least he didn't. God. He wasn't the one. No, I don't think he would lie about that. Yeah. Oh, you know who we can call? I have who? an idea. Petey. Oh, Petey, our little, little brother. Because he's nerdy and he you, knows this stuff, right? You got, you got his number in the, the Rolodex over there? Yeah, I mean, look, hang on. Yeah, I have it. All right. Okay. I, I don't, you, you know why I don't want to call him, though? I hope he doesn't hear this. The tangents, Quinn. Well, I mean, we got we to gotta be careful. We got to keep him on a leash. Yeah, because he could be going off about something. You know how you've heard his show. I've heard it. He's very nice. He's a nice guy. But Good one man show. But those tangents, Joe, you got to right. watch out for him. Let's see here. It's like his trademark. I know. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit Pete, us hello. Hello. Do you hear that? The what is that? Is he there? Pete, hello. It's Joe and Quinn. Pete. OVP, remember us? Hello, OVP podcast, and welcome to a very special episode of Greetings from Allentown. I am your host, Peter Winson, and today we'll be taking a look at the only promotion that really Pete. matters. Hello. The Central States promotion. Looking at the April 21st, 1984. What the hell? What the hell are you doing? Central what are you States talking about? I was joking around. Petey, we're trying to figure out if you have anything to do with, did you send us, or did maybe you know anything about this show called Bingo Break 1994. Right. It, it's got Bobby and Sean Mooney. And Gorilla. Gorilla and they're playing bingo. Yeah. With a band and all a psychic. And the weirdest part besides all that is that it's from April of 1994 when Gorilla is in WWF, but Bobby's in WCW, and Sean Mooney's gone. April 1st, 94. Do you know anything? And so when you think of the year. What? 1994. No. You think maybe of OJ. <laughs> maybe you think <laughs> of Tanya Harding. But let's be real here. Okay, this is just some straight talk for this is what happens who was there when you host your own time. show. It you just don't listen to anyone long. else. Yeah, Sweden ruled the world. What the fuck and is he talking let me, about? Let me explain to you why. Okay, first of all, Petey, do you and hear this us? may be only important to me, Pete? but in the 1994 Olympics, the Swedish team won the gold medal, even though Finland was a much more dominant team. I don't know what's. How does he tournament. know all this? Sweden ended I don't know. up winning the is whole thing. Gonna help? Is this going to lead to bingo break? I don't. That's why Canada, I'm listening to him. Hearts all across our neighbors to the north. Does he know that but we're here? Also consider Petey, on the music charts. I don't think he knows we're here, Joe. Ace of bass putting out the album "The Sign," which was released in late 1993. Okay, thanks. But thanks. God, what is with that guy? I don't know. Great show, though, isn't it? Yeah. I love that show, but yeah. what a freaking... What a tangent, huh? <sighs> Who else can we call? Who... <gasps> Quinn. Who? Scott Keith. Oh, our friend, <laughs> our friend from Canada. Hell no. Well, Willie, did he ever spend any time in Baltimore? He's got to know. Well, Scott... he is like the guru of wrestling, right? And he reads the observers better than Conrad. Oh, way better. Yeah, he would definitely know. Scott Joe. would know. All right, yeah, let's, let's, let's call let's him. Scott. All righty. Hey, 
Hey, Scott, it's uh, it's Joe. Joe and Quinn, you know, OVP Podcast, remember us? Oh, hey, Joe. How's it going today? Good. I'm just hanging out with my friends here from New Brunswick and Toronto and Vancouver, because we're all from Canada, and therefore we know each other. Eh? Here we go. And we're just celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving a little bit late. What? What's you may Canadian not know this, Thanksgiving? but it's in October. Unlike oh. the American Thanksgiving, which is in November, and therefore not as good as our Canadian Thanksgiving. What? And also, did you know that it's a Canadian tradition to eat poutine and watch classic CFL games what is during Thanksgiving? It's pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are playing the Ottawa Rough Riders, and they've scored three rouges each. What's a rouge? In fact, it might be the most exciting Canadian football league game that we've ever seen. Oh, by the way, Bret Hart's here as well, because he's Canadian, and therefore I know him, too. <laughs> okay, all right, great, Scott, but please. Do you know anything? Quinn and I just saw this. Bingo break, April 1st, 1994, Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby Heenan and Sean Mooney all on the same, like, show? Yeah, and they're playing bingo, and it's like a talk show, like a Good Morning America, or Canada, I guess they have up there. <laughs> Do you know anything about this? <sighs> uh, no, I've never heard of Bingo Break before, but we did have a short-lived Canadian game show up here called Poutine Break. Because we're Canadian, so we eat poutine with every meal, and everything we do centers around it. So, you know, we had a game show where you could go on there, and whoever ate the most poutine won poutine. It's the most Canadian thing ever. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, the Rough Riders just scored another rouge. That's I won't so tell rouge. you which Rough Rider team it was, because that would ruin the suspense. You'll just have to wait and see for yourself. I don't want to see for myself. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to know. Anyway, all right. Thank you, Scott, uh, for, I guess, nothing. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but really, thanks, sort of. Hopefully, we'll find out what Bingo Break is. Thank you. Thanks again, Scott. You're a really nice guy. Thanks. Oh, no problem. I'm always happy to help out. Yeah. Can I offer you some poutine, by the way? No. I, I don't know if you've tried it before. It's it's amazing stuff. Uh-huh. Everyone in Canada up here eats it, as you may already know. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's cold. I got to go throw on my bunny hug now. So... <laughs> I'll see you later. Uh, Bret Hart says hi, by the way, and he's still bitter about Montreal. So talk to you later, and good luck finding out about Bingo Break. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Well, that's the truth. Brett is still bitter about he's, Montreal. Yeah, Scott's right. Scott is such a nice guy. He is nice. The nicest. Did you know, Quinn, that he's Canadian? Oh, really? Yeah, he's Canadian. But he didn't help us with Bingo Break. He didn't help us at all. Is everyone just getting back at us for all these jokes over the years? Well, it, I think it's more stunning that Scott doesn't know and nobody else seems to know i mean i thought a lot of these people know about the wrestling right, right? how come no one's heard of this I, we're just kind of a casual podcast i don't right. think these guys would definitely know about bingo break oh i know i got it i got it who richard land oh richard richard would know richard knows more than both of us combined like yeah all this nerdy shit yeah richard knows everything you guys know richard land he's great he's yeah. legendary Up on the boards you know yeah him. yeah what time is it in england though Oh, I don't, Richard will answer. He doesn't care. He doesn't sleep, does he? Yeah, He's always awake. The man that never sleeps. All right, let's call him. Long distance, though. 10, 10, 3, 2, 1, maybe? Yeah, something Should like I use that. 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> okay. All right, let's see. It's interesting music, huh? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Richard, hello. This is, uh, you know, Joe. Joe, Joe Morata, you know, OVP podcast. I'm with Quinn. Hey, Joseph. Hey. You all right, mate? What? I'm just having a cup of tea before I go watch the footy later. The what? The footy? It's a big match with uh, Man U and Man City, so Ooh. hoping the Reds pull one out of the back. What's he saying, today. Quinn? I can't I understand him. This is proper football as well, mate. Not that fake rugby game with helmets you chaps seem to like. Football? There. What did we do wrong there? So, Richard, have you ever heard 
of Bingo Break. Quinn, you want to explain to Richie what this is? It's like a show where Sean Mooney and Bobby the Brain and Gorilla, they were there. Yeah, do you know anything? Bingo Break. Bingo Break? Yeah. Hmm. We used to have a show called Big Break on the telly. That was back in the 90s, which is some weird snooker game show. Snooker. snooker. I did win a few Bob and the Bingo a few weeks back. I, I just needed one number for ages. 88. I remember the bingo caller now. What? Next, it's two fat ladies, 88. Oh, here you are, mate. I've won. So, yeah, <laughs> huh? I won a, about 50 quid, but I wasted it all on fish and chips, <laughs> 10 pints of Foster's, something like it's that. It's great, Rich, but <laughs> Rich. really, what about this show? So, yeah, sorry I can't help you out on this one, mate. Did you say Sean Mooney was on it? Yeah. Maybe you should give him a bell. He could probably help you out. Oh, I got a dash. I think that's William Regal here to tell me more stories about Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks oh. from back in the day. Cheerio now. Yeah, cheerio. What is it? What does cheerio mean? I don't know. You know? Is it cereal related? Yeah, I think so. Did he say call Sean Mooney? I think he did. I think that's what we should do then. Did we still got his number in the Rolodex? I still have his number. Remember for that one time we talked to him and he yeah. was all like, eh. Well, he would have to know because he was in this. Right. Right? Will he answer though? We'll have to find out. All right. Let's give him a call. Uh, hello. Hey, uh, Sean. It's Joe and Quinn from OVP Podcast. Hey there, Sean. Oh, uh, hey, fellas. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a little busy right now. Uh, is this really important? I mean, considering you guys have called me like 20 times in the last two days. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we were watching this bingo break show, uh. and we really want to <laughs> know, what the hell was that? You you tracked this down. You guys spent part of your life doing this. Yes, we did. Okay. It's funny you ask. I mean, you're like, Bingo Break was this program, you know, that, that I think was ahead of its time. I mean, it, was a, it was a brilliant combination of marketing and broadcast television. You know, it was a concept based on entertainment and I guess you'd call like a game show all in one. And it also happened to be one of the first interactive programs that allowed viewers to be directly involved in the show. And then they could also have this chance to, to win tremendous prizes. It was, it, was, it was awesome. That's all great, Sean, but come on, really. Why did you do it? Uh, well, um, I wanted to hang out with Gorilla. I knew it! Hey, uh, fellas? Yeah. Get a life, will you? I gotta go. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, thanks, Sean. So I guess you you heard it straight from the source there, folks. He just wanted to hang out with Gorilla. Yep, and that's how we got what we got. <laughs> that's how we got that, I guess. Well, it certainly was a, a very interesting ride. But, folks, speaking of interesting rides, thank you so much for being with us for all 60 episodes thus far, plus specials and exclusives of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We will, of course, be back with you next week, Monday, December 11th, for episode number 61. We'll kick off Season 7 with a slightly tweaked format. Yes, we will. And in the meantime, please reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Keep sending your suggestions for Rushmore and Death Valley and the reviews. And if you haven't yet, join the Facebook group and leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, and if you want to, go to our patreon.com slash OVP podcast and you can donate and get some cool rewards. Yes, you can. All right. So until next time, folks, have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. We will see you next week for season seven. See ya. Let's go up to our ring announcer. Boeing. <laughs>
Fuck off. Schedule. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Time to review something, Quinn. Quinn? <laughs> you <laughs> I'm here? at the notes. You here, Quinn? Yeah, sorry. This is going to go on the blooper reel. Okay. In three, two, one. I had three and three quarter stars from Meltzer this month. <laughs> Average. So, airplane, air, <laughs> air pioneer. You ready to go up to our ring announcer, Quinn? I think so. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Ring it. <laughs> okay. Searching for... Searching! Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that would be super... Fu- prior. <laughs> and that would be... <laughs> that was a funny... I know. Ring attire. <laughs> Stop. Like, what's a metaphor for, like, the big deal? That was the big shit? I don't know. Like, it was the cunt, the, 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 the contract. Cunt. The cunt. Yeah. What are you looking at? I thought I saw a mouse, like, on the wall. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I think I saw something you, run back there. You might be right. Yeah. When? We're reviewing something? No. Oh. <laughs> Why? You said it that way. Like, no, you I said didn't. it like the we're reviewing something way. Yes. That is a my, mean Mike Crockett. <laughs> mean Mike Malonis. Hey, you made, you made the blooper room, guys. <laughs> In three, two, one. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point. <laughs> Your fucking soda it caught me. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to mute you. In three, two, one. I can do it again.